In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Selling a little... Or a lot? <coughs> Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate. From the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey.
Folks, welcome to an all-new episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your buddy Ryan, and this is your Tuesday episode. Folks, how are we doing? Uh, listen, this is going to be a straightforward, just interview podcast, because we have an excellent guest today. We have Emily Rose from the podcast, It's Become a Whole Thing, and she also has an amazing book out right now called The Stuff I Hate Journal, which we talk all about. But I just received a clip a short time ago, and man, I was going to, you know, I try to save all the Vanderpump Rules stuff in terms of like news and stuff for like the Friday episodes, but this just came out. This is a teaser clip of this Wednesday's episode, and when I tell you, just, just, this is going to knock you off your coal mining asses. I'm telling you, you might have already seen this on Instagram or TikTok, but if you, if you haven't and you're hearing this for the first time, be prepared. Now, I knew most of the information in this clip, and it still turned my hair white. Like, my God. I think my hair is turning white just because I'm getting older, but also this did not help. I'm just saying that right off the bat. This did not help. So I'm going to play this right now, and then we're going to talk about it, and then we're going to go to our interview. And also, listen, we had an amazing Monday podcast. We had those girls with boots on the ground from the Tom Sandoval show in Houston on Friday night. They were great. And then we had, of course, Amanda Hirsch from Not Not Skinny But Not Fat. That was so fun. I had so many laughs. And then a full pop culture roundup. Listen, guys, I know these shows are long, but I have, there's too many things to talk about. How do I ignore when this many amazing things are out there happening? Right? We, we got to talk about it. So I, I don't even, I shouldn't even apologize for this stuff, but it's just in my DNA to apologize at every possible corner. Um, so this is another long one today because Emily, we, we started talking. I thought it was going to be an hour interview. I think we went like an hour and 40 and it, it could have gone another hour. Like we were just having a great time. We cover, of course, Vanderpump Rules, her book, but then we do a really big section about Taylor Swift and Maddie Healy, that relationship. Um, and I think it's a fascinating conversation. And she really walks me through uh, some of the stuff I knew, some of the stuff I didn't know, kind of all of the comments that people are uh, really bothered by, rightfully so, about what Maddie Healy has said in the past about things. And I think it is important to be aware. It's a really fascinating discussion. Um, but let's play this clip and let's listen to this together because this just, I mean, guys, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm over, I don't even think I'm overselling it. Here we go. This is from this Wednesday's season finale episode. Here we go. Went with Tom to Tom, Tom, because he had that party thing. I found a screen recording of them on FaceTime. Oh my God. It was literally from the night before. He was at Schwartz's. He was at Schwartz's doing this? Yeah. What? That's when I called Raquel and I like started like making her tell me like what the when did this start? She said, right after the girls trip. I'm like, you mean right after Charlotte died? I have to go home. Charlotte's like not. She's not going to come back this time. Rihanna, I'm so sorry. (laughs) So she said they kissed. Well, later that night, when we were out here, I pressed Tom. He said, well, they actually f***ed in her car that night. Shut the f*** up. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. And he didn't have a key to get in, so he had to ring the doorbell, and I had to let him in. I'm... No. Yes. My emotions were clearly all over the place. And he was angry at me. Angry at me. 
Holy mother of God, folks. Now, what you're missing in that audio is that they are at Ariana and Tom's house. You have Sheena Shea there. You have Katie Maloney. You have two of Ariana's uh, best friends who we don't, we get to kind of see their their uh, their arms, but it's Logan. Uh, Logan and her friend, best friend Brad, they're on opposite sides of her. And when they are saying these things, Sheena and Katie's faces are like, What? So, so they basically told us, which by the way, Howie Mandel, do you feel like a bigger idiot now? God, it just, it, this, this guy, and by the way, we're joking around about going to Tom Sandoval shows. Let's cut that shit. This guy doesn't even deserve that shit. Like, I, I mean, I know we're out there to like make fun of him, but like, my God, the depravity. This is insane. Like, this is truly, I mean, this is horrific. And you know what? I posted this on Instagram and women were like then in the comments saying, oh my God, my, my person cheated on me or my husband cheated on me. Like, it's like everybody has this story. It's horrific. It's horrific. But basically she's saying she found that video on his phone that night of the Tom Tom show with his band. And it was a video of him and Raquel. They were having FaceTime phone sex, but he was over at Schwartz's house. He was whacking off at Schwartz's house. My God, Schwartz's apartment already probably has a D-level health rating. We know that guy doesn't shower. Now Sandoval's over there whacking off on FaceTime to, with Raquel. You know, she's like, yeah, give it to me, Tom. Like, my God, Schwartz, how dare you? Yeah, of course, man. You can use my place to whack off on FaceTime. Amazing stuff, dude. Bros before hoes. All right. That is so fucking sad and I once again we have now confirmed the time frame even though I think Raquel and Tom are still lying about that but she's saying it happened on that Vegas trip which is yeah that's the trip she had to go home early because Charlotte had to be put down unfortunately and we saw that like remember Sandoval picked Ariana up at the airport and then guys night Raquel came back and it happened after guys night and he tried to lie and say they just made out and then had to well no she called Raquel. She said, we just made out. And then Tom later admitted they fucked in the car. And I told you guys that if you listen to the show, I told you they fucked in. I told you they fucked in the driveway. I told you I wasn't lying. Told you that. And then he didn't have his key and had to get Ariana to let him in. Oh, my God. And that this is my we've got two more days to this. That's that's less than a minute clip, you guys. I mean, I don't know. Could this, could the ratings beat the Super Bowl on this? It is so horrific, but at the same time, it is like the ultimate car crash. It is so riveting to watch that minute-long clip. Go to my Instagram page if you want to see it. If you have not seen it, it's up there. Um, uh, I found it on a TikTok account. I don't know how they got it, but now it's posted on like every Instagram account so you can see it. But my God, I listen, I couldn't wait to talk about that. I had to talk about that with you guys right now, but wow, wow. And yes, I saw summer house tonight, or as I call it summer bed, because everything takes place in the bed. We'll talk about that over on Patreon tomorrow, but my God, that's, that's a whole nother. I never thought I would feel bad for Craig Conover in my life, but that those scenes with him and Paige, I was like, damn, do I feel bad for Craig Conover? Do I do I feel bad for the pillow magnate, the the billionaire pillow maker that he I I truly started to feel bad for Craig Conover all of a sudden. 
Anywho, it has been a huge day in Bravo. We'll get more into that in Wednesday's episode because we have a lot of announcements about TV shows, Roni, Ultimate Girls Trip Season 5, which is now Roni Legacy. They switched it to an Ultimate Girls Trip, but at least the Dorinda, Sonia, Luann, Ramona... Uh, Kelly Ben Simone and Kristen Takeman. They're all coming back to your screens and Ultimate Girls Trip Season 5. It was Roni Legacy and now they're switching it to an Ultimate Girls Trip. And then we got the first preview for the new Roni reboot with the new ladies. People say they're not impressed with the trailer, but I like, guys, let's not be greedy. Let's wait till the show comes out. My God, we can't hate things immediately. Let's give it a little bit of time before we hate something. I, for one, am excited to see it. You you know, like, come on, this could be great. Give it a chance. Um, anywho, let's get right into this today. Uh, as always, if you do like this show, if you are giving the show a chance for the first time, welcome. Thank you for being here. Uh, it gets easier. The more you're here, you'll get used to me. <laughs> but if you like this, please rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or any podcasting outlets. I always say those two, and then I forget that we're on all these other podcasting outlets. I guess we're on Amazon Music now, all of this stuff. So any way you can find to support the show, uh, it really means the world to me. Uh, I, like I always say, we're the little engine that could. We're we're not one of the... You know, it's like we're we're moving up, you guys. We're doing this together. It's really, really exciting. I got confirmation on a big guest today that I think you're going to be very excited about. Somebody that I've been wanting to talk to for a long time. Of course, we've got to talk. Ah, God, I want to get into it, but we'll get into that for Wednesday because I want to talk about Jacks and stuff. Um, okay, yeah. Rated five stars, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can join up Patreon. So bad it's good. Uh, patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. And that is it. Now let's get to our guest. I think Emily Rose is top notch. She is a pop culture connoisseur. I love the way her mind works. She's been on the show before. You might follow her on TikTok. You might listen to her podcast. It's become a whole thing. And I just think she has a very unique voice that appreciates all the things that we appreciate. Like I said, we talk a lot about her book, which is called the stuff I hate journal, which I think is just fabulous. If you don't know what that is, we talk about it. We're going to walk you through that. But we also talk tons about Vanderpump Rules. Listen, I get that some people, like I keep saying, you you guys might be over it. I'm not. And each new guest, they bring a new perspective. And it is so fun to rap about it. And even we we stayed on the phone uh, for like 40 minutes after we even stopped this. And we were just talking. And she she was just the best. She was just the best. We did this on Mother's Day yesterday. And... uh, It was just a great, great all-around conversation. But I do want to let you know that we also then switched to the Taylor Swift conversation about Maddie Healy. Now, this is a very, um, it's a big conversation that I think needs to happen. Um, When we have those bigger conversations, what involves, um, you know, uh, when it involves religion, race, um, uh racism, those kind of things. It's okay. Like, you know, don't be scared of conversations like that. Sometimes when I first started this, I would be scared of conversations like that because I just didn't think I had, um, I didn't think I had the, uh, the language in which to speak about it correctly. And, and I sometimes now think that I still don't have that language, but it's still important to have those conversations because it's important to learn what's going on out there. And I personally think there's always a clear way of looking at things, But it's important to listen to people. It's important to listen to all sides of something. And I think we both want to say we are huge fans of Taylor Swift. So what we're talking about is a conversation where we're just very interested how she feels about, uh, 
you know, this new situation ship that she's in with Maddie Healy from the 1975, how she feels about it. So this is a lot of speculation, but uh, I want to reiterate, we are both huge Taylor Swift fans. And I think even Taylor Swift encourages conversations like this. So uh, if you're a huge Swifty, I love you. I'm a Swifty myself, but it's all right to have conversations questioning sometimes uh, you know, people's behavior or who they fall in love with. It's all right to talk about things like that because I think for the greater good, it is important conversations to have. And I know I'm just building that way up and it's really not even that half serious. And most of this, you're going to like die laughing because it's a great conversation. Just wanted to put that out there in the beginning. And I think the Taylor Swift ha- part happens like an hour into this conversation. But Okay, here we go. Have a great Tuesday, folks. This has been so exciting already, and we look like we have another banger of a week ahead of us. So, have the best Tuesday ever, and here she is, the one and only Emily Rose. But today, we have a returning guest, but it's a returning guest at just the right time. Uh, not only does she have excellent opinions on all of pop culture, including Vanderpump Rules, which we we just won't get away from for five weeks, so just accept it, lean into it, enjoy it, because... It'll be like a desert after that, hopefully. I pray for the desert that is to come because there are so many great pop culture stories out there right now that I'm fully ignoring, um, and that we're all ignoring, and we shouldn't be ignoring because we will have to get back to some sort of normalcy. And we did talk about so many exciting things before VPR. But while VPR is here for these next five weeks, let's really enjoy it and send it out with a bang. So today, our guest is not only an excellent podcaster. Last year when she was on, she was talking about her podcast, It's Become a Whole Thing, which you can find out find on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all of those outlets, which she covers a wide range of pop culture topics. But she is coming back now with a book. This is actually a book. It's a journal, but it is. I think this is one of the coolest ideas that that are out there. And the reason why I think this is so cool is that I have this gratitude journal that I bought for myself that some, you know, every morning write down three things that you, uh, that you like or that you're, you're appreciative of three things that you want to do today. And then you have to check in at the, and it's a pain in the ass. It makes me feel bad. And it's like the mo- the minimum thing that you can do every morning. And I, I dread it. Like I, it is the last thing I do in the morning, but she wrote this journal called the stuff I hate journal. Uh, and it's trends I hate, foods I loathe, people who annoy me, and everything else that's the absolute worst by Emily Rose. And so let's get into this uh, with our guest, Emily Rose. Emily, what's going on? What an intro. Hey, RB. How's it going? Hey, good. I really think this is such a genius idea. And if you, just for the audience, if you're if you're looking at this, this is, I know this is kind of a little blurry and I'll, I'll put that, but this is a beautiful black journal, just says stuff I hate. And then if you open to any page, it just has something that'll make you laugh, but also something that potentially makes you think. I just opened to a page. It said, you jerk. What's the worst thing someone said to you when you were younger? And then now get in a time machine and go back to that moment. What's your perfect comeback? It actually makes you think. And this isn't, I want to also point out, it's the stuff I hate. Like my title is so bad, it's good. This isn't hateful. It is just stuff that we have to be honest about that we go through life and sometimes have these negative experiences or feel feelings. And it's almost like you are, you're able to exercise these demons. Is that what the purpose of this was? Exactly. Like it, as much as it's called the stuff I hate journal, you're meant to walk away feeling lighter. And the way that I wanted this journal to be is really, it, it, 
takes the role of that friend that you love to vent with and you just have such a good time laughing about what a bad day you had or about some interaction and then you leave just like blowing off some steam and feeling lighter so that's what this book is supposed to be and um i i've realized i thought it was going to be more of a niche thing but i've realized that so many of us have that gratitude journal that's just sitting there and we yes. filled out two pages and we feel guilty about it so so much of this whole world of I'm going to say toxic positivity um, really haunted me for a lot of my life. And I was just, I was trying so hard to engage with it every day and like manifest gratitude yes. all the time. And I realized Vision it, was boards. Just, it was making me feel worse overall. And I think there's a time for both. There's a time for venting and time for gratitude. So it's meant to be complimentary and just, it's just there to let people know and serve as a reminder. Like it's okay to feel like shit and just laugh at it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that is the kind of thing that it uh, highlights. And it, I don't know, I think it really actually is kind of encouraging uh, more beautiful moments through this. And it is something, it's not niche. It's like you said, like that. I, this, I genuinely think everybody would want. It's first off, it's a conversation piece. If you want to even just put it out, you, if you have any guests there, I mean, they might, you might not want to, them to see your writing, but also this is the perfect gift for somebody. Um, I was telling her that I put this in my stories last week and I'd been meaning to do it for a, a sec because I had it for a minute, but you guys know, you guys know me. I'm extremely, extremely me. So it took a while. And then uh, I had so many people respond to that of like, this is amazing. Oh my God. I just checked this out on Amazon. Oh my God. I just ordered one. And people seem to genuinely be excited about this. This truly is the perfect gift because it's not expensive. And it is one of those things that I think it's just one of those great things to be remembered by. Like, it really excites me that you did this because I was like, wow, this is such a great idea. When was the first time that you actually thought about, like, I could put this potentially in journal form? I, I feel like this is a moment where I need to disclose that this is a paid advertisement. Like, even though I'm not paying you, it's like no. the to hear that it's so kind. No, like, it's so kind and I'm having this moment too. I'm remembering when I first heard you and Sophie Ross talking about on the podcast, I was like, is Simon and Schuster paying you guys secretly? Like, is <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. It's a real honor. No, and like, listen, no, it's not. That's what I wanted to say to you. I told you I was going to say it's um, not okay. When I genuinely like something, it's really easy to support it and put it out there. It's like, you've done a service to me because I'm like, oh, this is easy to talk about. It's hard yeah. to talk about things that you don't necessarily love, you don't necessarily understand. Or even if I have a guest on that's on a reality show that I don't necessarily love, I try to leave it with a positive experience, but sometimes it doesn't connect to me the way that I want it to. Yeah. But when something does connect to me, you're like, oh my God. And then you get to make me look cool because I get to then share it with more people because I have somewhat of an audience. And I'm like, okay, but it's like that show Jury Duty that I love. I'm like, oh, watch Jury Duty. It's so fun. It's so great. You're going to love it. It's so positive. It's it's so easy to shout out things that you actually do like. You know? I, I'm, this, I'm the same way. Like I get so excited about certain things. Like there are certain products that like, I talk about all the time and I'm sure the company doesn't even know who I am or, or cares. I'm like, guys, seriously, this is, sounds like an ad, but I just am so excited about some random thing that I discovered. Um, so yeah, in the same way. And um, actually, you know, you mentioned it being like a conversation piece. So I had, um, I've had a former guest on my podcast, um, Molly McPherson. She's a PR expert. Has she been on your podcast? Maybe. Is her maybe... Twitter name Molly Mulshine? 
No, no. Sorry, Molly McPherson. Yeah, I might be mixing. Okay, oh yeah. all, no. all podcasts are blending together. <laughs> I know. It really. We're all just one big podcast, you guys. That's why I always say, listen to us all. It supports us all. There's room for all. But man, there is a lot of us out there. And that's a great thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but she, I sent a copy to her and she said that her and her teenage daughters turned it into a party game, which I thought was like so cool uh, <laughs> of just all like answering the questions. And, and yeah, I mean, for me, it's been this process of kind of undoing a lot of damage. Like I think for maybe like my 20s um, and some of my early 30s, like I was just really deep in the world of like spirituality. And there were certain parts of it that just really messed me up and a big part of it was this trying to be positive and like your thoughts become reality which if you actually dig into that it's almost like this guilt it's like a guilt trip because bad things are just going to happen and if you're saying to yourself like oh your thoughts created this so then what they create all the bad things like don't you know and it's like saying don't don't think of a purple elephant. All you're going to do is think of a purple elephant. Like, it's just, it, it well, made me crazy. In this past season of Beverly Hills going like, I couldn't keep that secret because it would give me cancer. I got to get it out. I got to get it. Give me cancer. And I thought it was the most ridiculous thing in the world. But it is that, I mean, like, when you say things like that, I hearken back to, you know, being a teenage boy, being like all of these, like, I got to be positive or like picking up a Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people book, or Matthew McConaughey said to read the greatest salesman in the world. And you would read it and you'd be like, okay, I got to do this stuff. And it falls away so quickly because you can't keep up. There's something not natural to you. Your brain is fighting it, but you want to be positive. You want to be some sort of light in the world. And sometimes that's just not who we are. It's not how we feel. And it's disingenuous I think that's where a lot of lies actually come from. I mean, I, by the way, I think that's where Scandal comes from. You know, this guy trying to be insanely positive and like, Raquel, you're amazing, dude. You got so much, you're amazing. And there's, well, there's a lot of darkness behind that. Well, exactly. And like, you know, uh, there's a lot of things that Lala Kent has said that I, we, oh. we just happen to differ on that. But one thing, <laughs> that she, one thing, I'll just say that, but one thing that she did say was, was how much, Sandoval reminds her of Randall Emmett in a lot of ways, like in the like super outgoing, like gifts, all this stuff. And, and, and I really see that because they kind of always had a smile on their face or most of the time, at least in public. Um, But there's a lot more behind that. And, you know, it's not just the world of like spirituality, but like, you know, like you said, like how to, how to win friends that influence people. It's like career advice. Um, One of my prompts is about influencers who sort of have that perfect morning routine, that perfect, like, here's how to. Get ready with me. G-R-M-W-M. Yeah, here's how to meal prep and drink room temperature lemon water when you wake up. It's like, imagine, you know, what's actually going on behind the scenes. And and so it's just like this catharsis because uh, no one's actually living like that, I'm convinced. Well, I mean, and when you try to live like that, you can only do it for like seven days before it falls off. And then when you fall off, you feel bad about the falling off. So then you spend your day feeling bad about how do I get back on track? I had this whole bit. It's not a bit. I've always felt this way of like, as you get older and you guys know, as you're listening, if you're you're getting there yourself, is that every day you have to add more to your routine just to get out of bed. It's like the multivitamin, the fish oil, the, I'm, the, I'm, I'm supposed to have a facial routine. Even as a dude, I'm supposed to learn how to take care of my face. And then, yeah, like have the warm, warm water with lemon. You got to have a little thing as a base. You got to watch. And by the end of the day, you've done 80 things that have nothing to do with your career, nothing to do just to try to get out the door sometimes. 
Yeah. And if you've fallen off, then you're a degenerate. Like, yes, <laughs> you know, and, and you really feel like a degenerate. You're like, how are these yeah. people out there doing this? And I mean, sometimes I will get into that influence. I, I will get sucked in where I'm like, how yes. are these people living their lives like this? There's one sometimes- person in particular that's very nice, but I'm like, how does she do this? She's always, she's like, here's what I eat in a day. And I'm like, wait, what the, like, I'm literally going in the fridge looking for whatever's left over and like shoving it in my gullet and then feeling bad about that. And, you know, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. I'm coming to you. Like, uh, you know, for me, it's 2 p.m. while we're recording. I realized I hadn't eaten anything before we um, before we start recording. So I shoved some trail mix, you know, in my mouth. And like, that's <laughs> yeah. that's where I'm at. Like, I'm exhausted. And I think I've realized actually through putting out this book, the, the great irony of it is that it's made me feel so much more positive about the world because of how many people have been like, yes, I feel this way too. Um, and Uh, I actually, it's funny you bring up Scandaval because I haven't talked about this too much publicly because it's one of those things I wanted to kind of keep like as a little sort of inside joke. Um, Oh, you hooked up with him, didn't you? uh, Yeah, you know, I am. (laughs) I I am just one of, no, I I actually... I, I actually hid uh, about five Vanderpump Rules Easter eggs in the journal. And I wrote this. So this, okay, I'm having like a very out-of-body moment with the whole Scandal thing because Vanderpump Rules has been my comfort show. Like it's been a special interest of mine. I've just I've loved it for many, many years before I had a podcast. And I just kind of had this running joke with the the folks on my Patreon and and that I put these Easter eggs in and they were like, Oh my God, it's like your little Taylor Swift moment. Um, and it's one of those things where like, I'm, I, if the editors are listening, Hey guys, uh, <laughs> I don't think you know about this, <laughs> but I like, no one would notice if you didn't watch the show. Um, I'll, t- I'll tell you the most obvious one. Um, but like yeah. one of the prompt titles is rotten hail, you know? So <laughs> yeah, if, Brett, if you're Brett, I- rotten hail yeah so it's one of those things where there's little lines snuck in that would stand out to you if you're a big fan and if you're not it'll just seem like a normal everyday thing to say so i i had a lot of fun writing it and now it's like i don't know i'm having this moment where i'm like this is this is like this little kind of niche show that's now blown up and i almost don't even know what to do with it well, it is it is interesting, and I was this is so funny. I was just watching this four part. <laughs> this sounds insane. Four part docu series on UFOs, and I was like, okay, let's get off the scandal stuff. UFOs, but on the fourth part, it was talking about you know when a niche topic, when a niche topic or something that a lot of people you know like a lot of people don't really know what it's about or something, and they can make fun of it from afar, and then all of a sudden it gets brought into you know when there's like the New York Times covers it or the Washington Post, you know it all of a sudden gives credibility. They were talking about this, of course, with UFOs, but I was really relating it to Sam Scandaval and Vanderpump Rules is that we've been fans since day one. So now when everybody's hopping on board, when you have the New York Times, when you have NBC News, when you have all of these people doing things, it actually adds this legitimacy that us as fans, it's always been legitimate for. But oh now it's legit. I was thinking about this too, is guys, when I talked about, we've talked about this many times, but uh, Coachella a couple of years ago when we were, I was there with Sandoval and Raquel and Ariana. Last year. That Sunday, Rachella. I was there when, I was there when you, Rach, I regret Rachella. I regret, she's I never really loved Rachella. you. Ne- uh. <laughs> we're, we're activated. Never really loved you. Never. I never loved you. Not like Ali. <laughs> Ali's beautiful and equine and very sleek. 
Um, that's that's Lisa Vanderpump. She was hitting us with the horse metaphors. Of no, like, you, you've got to put a bit in his mouth, dear girl. You've got to ride him like a donkey. Was it just uh, me or was she wasted in the last episode? I was oh, like, I think she was like, on, she was fully on one. She and... was in birthday mode, like two sheets to the wind, <laughs> talking she about was, James like he was she... a horse. <laughs> and then at Sir, she was with Nick, Nick Elaine. Oh, Nick. She was like sitting next to Nick Elaine, her steampunk designer. That I mean, like, and Ken's just in there, like, going, like, Where am I? Tom Sansoval in the jacuzzi with Raquel. Um, Ken's going to need to rest for like a month after how much he's been on screen, like, the past. <laughs> it's the been past a while. Month. It's been a minute. It's been a minute since we've had a Ken heavy season. Yeah. Um, but oh, I, yeah, I wanted but, to say, yeah. Ariana met, because uh, Emily. You know, she started being known because of her TikTok, her TikToks that she was doing. And she talks about mental health, pop culture, all of these things. And Ariana is a huge fan of Emily's. And so I got to watch that first meeting of you guys out there. And it was just very interesting because they like Tom was there, Raquel was there, Sheena was there, Brock was there. And I just found that interesting, too, of like a year later. You know, Tom wasn't able to go to, to Coachella. Raquel wasn't able to be to go there at Coachella. But that was the first time you met. Like, you guys, you know, she loves you. Was that weird? Um, I mean, it was beautiful. Like, it was really I, – I really appreciate that moment. And it was really – it was a really transcendent moment for me because um, I, I, ha- I had Jared um, Lipscomb on my podcast a few weeks ago. And I was talking we about how Jared. I've had some, like, pretty profound life moments that – are in common with Ariana and we, we I just basically during those times I didn't know anyone in my personal life who had gone through similar things and so funny enough like with this show of like I'm sorry just degenerates like it she really was someone who like I was like okay you know what people have gone through this she's gone through this and on camera no less um and I can too and getting to tell her about that in person was really amazing but Jared was like yeah, basically that happens like every time she leaves the house, you know. Um, yeah. But no, it was really, it was really amazing, a really full circle moment. And since I think since then, like, because okay, her and I are both horse girls. It's not a popular thing. It's not cool. No one, everyone likes to you make like fun of the to horse ride girls. men like horses. Yes. Yeah, not like a. Not at least a Vanderpump weird, like, oh, like the way she's talking about, like, Jiggy's so sexy. Like, it's not like. like... <laughs> My dogs, look how sexy they are with their little tushes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not like, I'm not trying to, like, use, like, yeah. horse allegories. But, like, we, we, just every once in a while, we'll, like, tag each other in horse videos and, like, send horse videos back and forth. And I remember a week before Scandal broke, I, I sent her this video of, like, a, a horse horse rehabilitation farm she was just like oh my god I wish I was living there and then this happened and I just was like god you know as much as this is like everything being turned upside down I'm sure there was just like pressure building and building and it's like this release in a way of just like you know just wanting to like escape and being stuck in this like weird unsaid world of things of um, not feeling good of like and but also not being able to pinpoint exactly why you're feeling so down and now it's like okay this is it it's like those pimple well, popping videos on tiktok i'm yes. like yeah release release it's, I, I know and you know so it's funny when i saw you guys at coachella it was just you two and i'm okay this this is something that like you just said in passing you're like oh yeah like um 
uh, Sheena's here and and Tom and Raquel like they're they're they were just they were just here they're off somewhere and I was like okay cool um and I remember because my friends were leaving and it was like one of those moments where I was like okay if I was younger and irresponsible I would just <laughs> just like you know turn my phone off and party all night but I'm like no I gotta go get my ride and and leave um <laughs> as much as I didn't want to but I was like what were they doing like where well, were they dude Natalie, that's the crazy thing is like because I I would swear up and down to you even before that I was like guys no I mean like Raquel was like so quiet she was with Jesse Montana and she's with all these other people I would not have thought that in a million years and to me it's still hard for me to think that because I was like oh I think they were like I knew they were there I knew they were there my other friend was with them over here um so it's hard but now that's the thing with this scandal I you know I can tell you what I think but at this point anything's possible like anything is truly possible with these men like I, I, and as a man myself, and I really, I was trying to, I wrote this down to myself to talk about later is like, what, what have we learned from Scandal? What have we learned? And as a man, it's like, we do not think correctly sometimes. And I think the overall, like overarching thing of like, this is what happens when you cheat. This is fully what happens when you cheat. Maybe not to this extent, but this is what happens. This is a perfect learning lesson. This is something you can take away from it. But what have you learned as a woman watching this, because it is, is it just literally the same, ah, men are trash. Ah, that's what men do. Because I think that's such an easy way out for men. We can't just like say we're all trash. So then we get to do these things. Well, okay. So yeah, there's a lot of thoughts, but I, um, the, the most recent season of Queer Eye just came out and I watched the first episode and it was like these guys in a fraternity and Karamo had them all crying around a fire. It was like, of course, Karamo. <laughs> <laughs> Karamo's like, let's get to the trauma, you know? And, but they're like, they're like these <laughs> very sweet boys. And they're talking about like how hard it is for them to let out emotions. And like, <laughs> I'm like, leave it to Queer Eye for me to like really feel for men and be like, oh my God, yeah. you know, like wanting to like hug these frat guys. Like I, I, it's like, you know, that's, that's what that show does. But, um, you know, we do live in that world and like I can say oh men are trashed like you know until I'm blue in the face but ultimately I also hold space for like many truths at once um yes and okay in terms of like I've I've watched the show and I've rewatched the show and it took a lot of rewatches like this was before Scandal broke but to be like wait Tom Schwartz is not just this goofy goofy little lovable goofball like he's actually uh like a really vitriolic man and he's like he's a bad man um and i, I had this chilling we had this chilling reali realization um on my podcast recently um with my my co-host sammy pete where we realized that Jax is the only man on the show who's like a true kind of like almost feminist and the only one who views women as whole people Emily, that's interesting, but I'm going to push back just a hair on that. I feel Please like do. I feel like he is a feminist in the sense that he knows how evil men can be because he is one. Like he yeah. knows what he he's a feminist because he knows how he's treated women himself. And he knows actually the true thoughts that go through these men's heads because he has them. The yeah. only thing that I think is interesting and, and what I keep talking to the my audience about is like, Jax, don't come back to this show because it brings out the worst in you. From this yeah. perch right now, you can actually say these things and people will start to believe them. I've heard like literally rewriting history with Jax Taylor. You know, oh. like, oh my God, what a, what a, this? and like, if you watch the show, he has done like, I legitimately never thought somebody would come for his title and I never thought it would be Sandoval, but now Sandoval is King Chief. 
But it, oh, it, yeah. it's wild. Like, I think he's a feminist in the sense that he truly loves women and wants the best for women. But when it comes to him, I don't think he necessarily walks that walk as much as he would like to. And that's why I want him to potentially stay away because I don't want him to ruin his family at all. Okay, so I actually agree with you. And when I say, okay, I need to actually clarify my statement there for everyone who's like typing your DMs. I want you to like pause on your your paragraph you're writing me. Um, <laughs> you're writing me an angry message at the moment. No, but I, I'm talking about like just, just compared to the other men on the show. So like right now, everyone's loving James Kennedy and that's actually making me a little bit, to be honest, a bit, little bit uncomfortable because I'm like- Guys, re- you remember all of the stuff that he's done, like, you know? he there was a lot that like i am obviously obviously i'm on team ariana i'm very freaked out by rachel and her behavior but when she said that she wanted to leave james kennedy in the middle of the night like i i actually like there was certain things unsaid there that i just like i am like not gonna you know i'm gonna let everyone like make what they will with that but like there's things that happened season nine that i'm like we didn't fully dig into it but there are some sketchy things and considering the fact that if you so much as piss james off he's calling you a fat slut like (laughs) that that's what i say i say every i i live in fear of the day that i piss dj james kennedy off where he hears about it and he's like ryan you fat fuck with your big belly you fatso because that's he loves that's his go-to but remember spitting on doty remember the 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 drunken you know there was alleged violence there was alleged drug use there was and by the way i'm not saying people don't change but i find it weird that we have to uh, makes hero worship somebody to bash somebody else. Like and, two things yeah. can be true at once. Exactly. And like, I get that James, he's great for TV. He's actually perfect for so TV. He's so, he's so emotional. So he, says, he says really funny lines, but the fact that everyone's like, Oh my God, like he's so hot this season. He's swear. I'm like, look, I get that. He, he makes me laugh too. Look, when he said that Tom's a poo poo head, like, yes, of course I laughed, but like, brilliant. but, but I'm not forgetting what he did. And when you think about him, Tom and Tom, all of them have screamed at women, degraded them, insulted their personality, their looks. Um, Tom Schwartz has poured drinks on multiple women's heads. Like Jack's actually just only compared to them, where the bars are default. Held. He has not actually like degraded women in that way. He's mostly fought men. He hasn't never poured a drink on anyone's head. He's never insulted their appearance as far as i can remember like so just he has well, a wife. he like, did he did there was some choice words about doty in terms of like li- i mean just kind of the listen you know i never kissed her you know i i, I you know i i raw dogged her but that was it i never, <laughs> never like there were some interesting ways in speaking about women in terms of sexual objects but i know i think i know what you're saying in terms of yeah. like what wait 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 no emily now it's coming to me I disagree completely now because he was the one that came out to with Ariana making fun of her mental health and oh, making fun of her bisexuality. True. Was, okay. And Jax then, when he realized that actually had some play in it, he then said to everyone that he was going through mental health issues in his final season and that his brain was bruised. Remember that whole season? His brain was strained. His yeah. brain was strained. I say that now. <laughs> I say that. But no, that made me livid because I was friends with, I was like, fuck this dude. Because how dare you make fun of somebody's sexuality and make fun of somebody's mental health? I mean, he did. He did. He tried to, oh my God, uh, it's all coming back to me. It's like, yeah. it's crazy because we have 10 years of like facts filed away. But like, I even forget that, that Kristen da- dated James, you know, like I, there's I know. so many like big plot lines. 
but yeah no you're you're right like he did he worse than insulting it he was like oh you change your sexuality every five minutes like and then all of a sudden like he's capitalizing on scannable i know a lot of them are but <laughs> he's like uh, i respect ariana and Brittany's like jackson and ariana getting along great right now we love you know and 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 by the way i don't i want to say because i know jared who's been on the show a bunch and been on yours he's really good friends with them and he says the nicest things about them and like really will point out things that they've done for him and you know like and they truly are and that's why it's like two things can be true at once. Like they can be really amazing people and amazing friends. And at times, you know, you can be completely livid them how they've handled the situation. And as I get older, that's the hard part to, to be able to marry those two things in my mind of not everybody's just universally evil. Like you, you have certain situations in life that you don't handle correctly, but we do have to leave room for forgiveness and grace and all of those things. Right. Yeah, totally. And like, you know, I think about uh, even just the people in my personal life and um like oh sorry am i frozen no, no okay. i see you okay okay perfect um i i think about my own personal life and recently so last year i moved back to the city that i'm from and i got kind of like reacquainted with some people that I, i've known since high school but i haven't really talked to in the last 10 years and there was just a lot of like there was some kind of behavior from the men that i was like i remember you doing this and saying these things in the early 2000s um it's not cute anymore like you know we've learned that those are not okay to say but i was almost i was like kind of giving it a pass i was like oh that's just the way that they are and then it kind of like it got to a point where i was like oh my god like why am i why am i like making myself uncomfortable and saying quiet like but i was just kind of like in this mode of like oh that's just you know that's just the way that they are and like it all this to say that these things are messy and it's not like this person is evil this person is not like it there really are shades of that and you know like with jerry like he's seen jacks amp up his personality for the show he's seen him also when the cameras are down like and and it's just there are layers to it and so that's why like when i said schwartz is a bad man i don't say that lightly like i really i don't jump on that and say that about a lot of people I'm saying this partly because I think he's getting off a bit scot-free. I think he's he's now on this new show about like going to space or some some shit. Leave like, him uh, there. Leave him in Mars, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and I just really think that um, Sandoval is being held to the fire. Um, Schwartz, not as much. Schwartz, once again, has like kind of escaped. Like it's weird. Like he's always failed upwards, but now he's kind of escaped because there this season, as we saw in this past week's episode, which was supposed to be the season finale, there is so many ways he has, and we finally, it's come to light, has abused Katie in a lot of ways. And Katie, like I always said, had the cardinal sin of not being as charming as Schwartz on camera. So she's been kind of, and you know, she's just not said the right things. And she's come off sometimes as a, you know, what people say, like a shrew or somebody like really da da da. And now you see why this behavior was kind of like pulled out of her because this man would never take her side. This man, even in that final conversation of like, come on, babe, Raquel's trying to apologize. Why is that even, there's no conversation with Raquel that needs to be had. The conversation is between you two. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I completely get it. And like, you know, I've had my share of like dysfunctional dynamics in my past. And I look at the way that I acted in, in those times and like, I'm unrecognizable to who I am now. Like, because it really it brought out the worst in me and if you were had the cameras on me i'm sure i would look like a crazy bitch like in those dynamics if you didn't know the full backstory and i'm sure and that's probably how i was acting because 
you know, in those situations, like, where else do you go? I mean, you should probably just leave, but that's, it's not always the case. And so for Schwartz, like, it's just this whole, like, oh, gee, Willikers. But, you know, he, because he's a good looking man, he's failed upwards and people have dragged him along. But I think about the triplets and I'm like, more and more I'm realizing, like, his triplet brothers, like, they're not that different, like, in terms of their, like, level. Just, well, Emily, that's why I, I was thinking about that this weekend because I was watching Tom Sandoval TikTok videos of his performances. And he's got the shirt off. He's got the dick veins all over his body. He's got like, he's like, yeah. And, you know, the performance is subpar. The band is really, I, you know, and I've enjoyed those performances before because I really supported Tom. So it was really fun to be there and watch somebody that you admired, like do cover songs. And when this happened, you know, some nine month affair that there were so many lies involved, like it's not fun to watch for me anymore. But I was still watching girls throw themselves up against him and like shriek. And you realize that it's still, even if we know all of this stuff at the end of the day, a lot of us will be wary, but a lot of us, I mean, it's not going to affect their lives at all. In fact, I would argue for Schwartz particularly, he will get more action than he's ever gotten before because he still has this, you need to take care of me vibe that people are still not seeing. Like we'll, we can talk till we're blue in the face, but it is not going to matter for these people that have never met a celebrity in their lives and get to like, oh my God, he was so nice to me. He talked to me and he said something very personal to me and he gave me his number and I am just the biggest Schwartz fan now for the rest of my life. It's not going to change anything. No, and I actually think it's because he's like, quote unquote, a bad boy and because he's an enemy that he's getting fans now, like certain fans. Because I, I saw those videos, too, where like he's in the crowd and all these women are touching him and he's like, really? I think he like kissed one of them or he's like rubbing up against them. And it, it like, <laughs> like not to, not to say that he's at this level, but like <laughs> serial killers have fans, you know? Like, <laughs> like, well, oh, my God, Emily, I said that a couple uh, like a month ago. I go. If this hadn't have come, I mean, I, listen, I know this is a leap, you guys, but I shit you not. This is how Dateline NBC's start, where they're like, this man cannot for cannot face cannot face the truth so much that they do something so horrific. And you know what I'm alluding to, because they can't actually tell this person the truth. And then horrible things happen. You see it all the time, especially in the two-hour datelines, because they're like, he couldn't tell her the truth. And then they become like, and he was creating this more elaborate and elaborate lie. He was including people like Schwartz said, it was an open secret to a handful yeah. of people. Yeah. And thank God this got found out, not because of Tom, because of an accident, no, uh, but otherwise bad things happen. I, yeah. It's funny. I wasn't even going to talk about this publicly. Cause like sometimes you say things and like people are oh, like, believe yeah. me, I know it's like too, it's too far, Ryan, too but, far. Yeah. And it's like, God, I'm not, I'm like kind of joking. And I'm like, also, obviously I'm not saying he's a, He's a killer, but like I actually messaged um Emily Hanks of She Speaks Bravo and like cause she posted one of those videos and I was like, Ted Bundy had stands too. Like, and she was like, Yeah, we were just laughing about that. Dude, the, the Idaho killer has stands already. Like, guys, if you want and like if you want a good marriage, be a serial killer. They always get like wedding proposals. Yes. They like they the they Menendez brothers, which people are now still in flux if they did it or I mean, like it or not did it, but like it's so wild. They're 30% of people will still love you no matter what you do. And that's a scary thought. And especially if you're a man, if you are a man, if you're a woman serial killer, you not, you're not going to have as easy of a road. And by the way, like I want to point out again, we're joking, but yeah. I want to, you know, we're both talking and we're both students of pop culture and now kind of murder and things like that in these last decade has become part of pop culture, but they share similarities in just human behavior. Human behavior and lies and women and cheating, it all goes into this one big cauldron for me. 
Exactly. Exactly. Like we know, and I'm sure like most of the listeners know that like when you're into pop culture, it's not just that you're reading these fluffy headlines and you're, you know, you're, you're just watching these silly shows. It, it is a study of humanity. I'm sorry. I will just, it, that's what it is. I'm always in anthropologist mode when I'm looking at these things. And that's part of why I have loved Vanderpump Rules is because everyone's basically an antagonist, you know, like i mean i guess except for ariana everyone is like the bad guy but they're also the good guy and you go back and forth and, and by the way that's also leave room for ariana to someday be the antagonist remember you know like we we can put her on a pedestal because she's amazing but also leave her room to be a person leave her yeah. room to make her own mistakes down the line like just because we love her now just remember like you know we all make mistakes you know i would hope ariana of course she will treat things way classier and all the women on that show are way better at this than the men. But remember, she's going to make mistakes too eventually on this show. Totally. Like when I was growing up, like all I really had was Facebook and that got hacked and deleted. So now I'm like all the stupid, embarrassing, probably like maybe mean things. Who knows what I was saying on there? Like, I'm so glad that won't be unearthed, but like, yeah, we guys, if you reach out to me, if you have a Emily Rose's Facebook post, I would really (laughs) love to do a deep dive. I think I, that would be a great TikTok series for me of like deeper into Emily's vault. You're going to love this one folks. Yeah. I actually would love that because all my photos basically from like, (laughs) 15 years of my life are gone because I wasn't smart enough to like upload it or whatever onto a I I also thought Facebook would be forever but yeah actually probably for the best because I think some of those things should just stay away more just in terms of like embarrassing myself I don't think I was all that polarizing of a person but yeah everyone is so many things and like the way that okay like I I think like this is kind of before Scandal but I I really felt that the way that you react to reality stars um really says something about you especially the people that you hate the most i think there's something in us that we're reacting to that we maybe haven't reconciled with um kind of i'm not counting scandal because that is just objectively like bad behavior um but i think of like i okay i'm like an astrology person i do astrology readings on the side and like i'll joke i'm like a i'm a sheena moon and sun and a Kristen rising like (laughs) that is like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and all they're like I, that's just me being honest like the, i'm a you know the all the hot messery of Kristen and all the like many qualities of sheena that people love to p- poke on i'm like i get it okay like i i really relate to that when i'm being honest about my best and worst qualities yeah i it's it, it. I wish I, this is one of those moments that the audience knows, like that I always say, I wish I knew astrology more. I know enough to find that hysterical and I know enough to understand that, but like it is the, thank God that I don't go really deep into my astrology because I feel like that would knock me on my ass and I would not be able to get up because I would be probably, I would find a way to make that so depressing for myself uh, that I'd be like, this is why, oh my God. Well, Ryan, I, if you ever want, I mean, I do birth chart readings, but I would be glad to do one. That one might be that might be a funny episode, actually, or a funny, yeah, because yeah, I, I do. Okay, like I'm by no means I'm not the world expert, but I do pride myself on I like to do readings in a way that it's not filled with jargon because I think sometimes like astrologers like they they're so knowledgeable, but it's all kind of like these tech super technical words. I like to really say it in a way that you can relate it to other things, and especially when people are into pop culture, I'm like it's like this celebrity. I'm like you know like Rihanna Rian is a Pisces with an Aries moon. Like I just that's kind of how I think, but but I also I like to highlight both the positive and the negative, but more just 
these are possibilities. We all have these possibilities and we all go to our worst sides sometimes within a time of our lives, a day, an hour. Like, you know, we're all all these things. It doesn't mean we're a bad or good person. What do you think about DJ James Kennedy's girlfriend, Allie, being an astrol into astrology as well? Like, that's an interesting relationship because I feel like finally DJ James Kennedy has somebody that seems like from all what I can you know, see is that she seems like a stable, solid person. Yet at the same time, she's with DJ James Kennedy. What I mean, is there, do you have a take on Allie by watching this season at all? I, I love how much we're kind of all loving Allie in these moments. Like it's very unexpected or not all of us, but I think, okay. One thing that I think is fascinating is that James Kennedy brought on Raquel and Allie. Like when we first met them, I was like, who this is going to be like a three three episode arc and the, you know yeah. it'll be gone yeah, like it's going to be like a it's going to be like satchel. it's going to be like satchel yeah, yeah 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 actually not laura like she's iconic but it'll be like satchel exactly <laughs> um where is satchel by the way like get i know up. guys satchel if you're out there listening man i'm so sorry that everybody like you didn't ask for that you were wearing socks with sandals i thought that was brave and you know nobody needs yeah. to you, know, you didn't ask for that Justice for Satchel, unless he speaks up and he's actually a horrible person, maybe it's for the best. Fuck <laughs> 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 Terry Maloney, Satchel. Yeah, yeah. Says. yeah, like, how dare you, Satchel? Yeah. We mic him up. He's like, you're a fat slut. Like, <laughs> yeah. James is right about you, you fat fuck, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but, but like, I, okay, so he brought on these women that, like, they seem to me at first, these like quiet, timid, young women that are kind of like a bit one dimensional, like, not really much going on. And both of them ended up like breaking the show open. Like Raquel, obviously we know what happened, but Ali was like the first person to bring the smoking gun forward with the whole dancing at the Abbey thing with um, Tom and Raquel. And I'm like, these women have surprised me so much and how much they've like made an impact. Um, but also like, you know, they're both young. Um, they're both in, I think, what is Ali 27? Right, you know what? I think yeah, I think in that 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 range, yeah. Okay, so for my astrology, um, girls and gals, and you know, girls, gays, and they's listening realistically. If any, girls, gays, uh, and what? Girls, gays, and they's. Um, that t- tends to be who's into astrology, and you know, whoever else. But um, and Ryan Bays and and RB, who you know, I don't know. Uh, we'll we'll put a pin in that chart reading. We'll get but there. Yeah. Anyhow, so um, they're in. around the age it varies a little bit for people but 27 to 29 30 is called your saturn return it's basically when you're kind Uh, of like the no doubt album yes it's yeah it's every 27 years so another time where it hits you is around when you turn 50 so that's like kind of midlife crisis classical midlife crisis time and it's basically when like the foundations of kind of like the structure of your life excuse me the structure of your life are shaken to their core and everything gets turned this upside would fit down for Allie and Raquel yeah. at the same time and Allie I think she's magical I think she's cosmic and I also think that she's just looking at this behavior and overlooking all these red flags and I relate to every single one of those things I think what? I was doing the same thing at 27 okay. this is what I don't get though and I think you okay so to a bigger point here that I've been trying I've been thinking about all weekend is that and this happens on non-reality shows as well. You have these amazing women, Ariana, maybe Allie, you know, that actually raise how, you know, raise the stature in which we see these men. 
you know, Tom Sandoval, we used to goof on a lot, you know, and Ariana was one of those people that gave him credibility throughout their relationship because we were like, Ariana is so smart. You know, she's beautiful, sure, but she's smart. She's funny. She kind of gets it. She's really on the right side of being able to see everybody as actual people, regardless of sexuality, gender, uh, ethnicity, all of these really amazing things that I, I would always take a note of. And Allie's the same way. I'm like, wow, she actually is making me kind of rethink DJ James Kennedy because if she's there, I don't really think she's there just to be a reality TV star. I could be wrong, but it's these women in like, they raise, they elevate these men, but it's never usually the same way on the other. And is that women's fatal flaw though, is sometimes they will look past messes because of a feeling. Is that sometimes one of women's fatal flaws? You could bring the Kardashians into this as well, that they, it's like the women's weakness and they're giving their stock to raise somebody's stock higher. Yeah, I mean, like, I I come on and a lot of my content is about, like, you know, we're reading between the lines and we're uncovering all these things. And, like, at the end of the day, I'm, like, a super gullible person. And I've been, like, that is when... But how are you gullible if you're so smart? That's the thing that I sometimes... I sometimes don't understand. And, and I'm, I, I'm a similar way, but like, you know, everything about everybody you see on a reality show, you can pin it a mile away. You see it immediately, Emily. Well, I, okay. For, for my many, many flaws, I, I think that one positive I can say is I do see the best. I try to see the best in people. And I really like, I try to bring out the best in people around me. Like that's important. The stuff I hate journal. I want to see the worst in people. The stuff yeah. I hate journal. Let's see the worst in people first and then go to the best. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know it's like, I know I'm like, it's really a trick. I'm like actually just so gooey, but like, um, I, that's really important to me. And I think that's been like really beneficial to me in my friendships. Like I really put a lot of myself into my friendships, but it, it's really, it's completely screwed me over in terms of just like uh, with, you know, my own personal freaking James Kennedy's and like Schwartz's that I've, I've had in my past in my life. And, um, that I've like, you know, I, I did it. And it also, I think there's not as many good men as women in the world. Um, I think that's just, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's just the, the pool is smaller. And I think that we're really taught to um, accept the bare minimum. And, and, you know, a lot of, so like on, on my own podcast, like we, I've, I changed it as of 2023. I revamped it. It's now a rewatch podcast. And a lot of it is like early 2000s reality shows. And as much as I think nothing can shock me, I still get shocked almost every week looking back at like what was totally normal to put on screen and what was seen as like a healthy relationship when it wasn't. And that's what we were raised on. And I don't know, maybe like Gen Z will be better and or, or maybe it's like Gen Alpha that'll be better. But we were raised to accept uh men being horrible and women being kind of like place uh, complacent and like smiling and not not ruffling too many feathers and we all i think fall victim to those dynamics as much as you know we can try to resist them yeah i mean even in jersey shore i mean like think about that like we literally saw snooki get hit in a bar like a pit to the face and like that was like one of the biggest episodes at the time of just watching a woman get hit of watching and even vanderpump rules in one ten you know 10 seasons even from the beginning to now i mean we saw the stassi slap we saw you know yeah. women being like to this day we're still being called like women being called whores all of this thing well, things like that well- Exactly. And there's like, there's intelligence, but then there's just also like, um, your kind of like muscle memory. And, you know, Ariana has been really open about being, you know, um, 
content warning, like being in an abusive relationship and before Tom. Previously and, before Sandoval. Pre- yeah. yeah, previously before Tom and detailed the abuse. Um, And then, you know, her jumping to Tom, like now that I look back at Scandival, it unfortunately, it feels very familiar to me in that like you could have this experience that's like, okay, the bar is in absolute hell. But then you kind of like are trying to raise the bar, but really you're still in the basement. You've just, you've gone out of hell and you're kind of like, you're still in the basement. The bar is not where it should be in terms of treatment. But if you don't know what that even feels like, it's hard to find it. And especially when you have someone who's super charismatic, super good looking and like the most extra like Tom, it's easy to kind of like look past a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, But I, in Tom's defense, though, and I don't, you know, it's like you women, you're not stocking the pins, you're not stocking the batteries, you're not stocking the towels. And it's like, then it's like, dude, and you're not like, listen, the fact that Ariana didn't drop her trowel every time Tom got home from karaoke or from the club with Raquel, the fact that she didn't do these basic things, I'm just like, of course, Tom would cheat. We should all forgive him because these are basic. Uh, Emily, are you the kind of girl that doesn't buy things and keep them stocked like Ariana? Are you horrible like that? Batteries are one of those things that whenever you need them, they never really seem to be in the house. You know, like you don't really need batteries a lot, so you don't think about it. And then, <laughs> no, guys, when, whenever you're wait, but from here on out, whenever you can't find a bot battery, go fucking Ariana, dude. Fuck. It's actually, oh. it's actually it's ironic. I think a month ago, before all this, I think I bought a a, a pack of batteries at Costco because I was like, every time I need a battery, I I never have it because I you use them so rarely now so that actually is something we haven't considered about tom that i think really lends itself to like okay i see i get it i partly get it now you know team tom no like you're tom's dream woman man like you tell me you go to costco and you buy batteries um, I actually, I think I should be compensated um, because I actually listened to the whole Howie Mandel interview. I did and, too. Uh, yeah, it was, it was like, you know, did you find, okay, even with all the highlights and all the clips, it was even worse than you could, than, yeah, like, you know they what, made it out the, to be? Sometimes I won't listen to a podcast because I don't want to pollute my own like brain, not, not in terms of like, that's shit, but I, I don't want to steal ideas. I don't want to like, you know, and there's so many, yeah, I, I know have my no, own same. thing, my own opinion, you know, and uh but then that one, I was reading so many notes from it that I was like, I got to dip into this. And it was, it was wild because it was, I couldn't take my eyes off it. Like I, I never no. seen something that, um, something that on the nose of like, you, you know, you were saying about promoting your book or something like that. That was such a promotion for Tom Sandoval and the way he viewed things. And I found it like, you know, when it came out later that there was absolutely no pushback because they agreed to that, even though Howie Mandel's daughter yeah. is a fan of the show and had all of these questions for Tom and they but, couldn't do any of it. To hear a man explain it and he still came off so poorly is wild. Exactly. And like, well, even the daughter, like she was kind of getting shut down by, by Howie Mandel, by her dad, but like, but as for Tom pens and battery Sandoval, like (laughs) he, he said his assistant does that. His assistant does that. And also like, it's like, what, in what world, like does every partnership you split every task equally there's that doesn't exist every in every relationship you someone does more of one thing someone does more of another like i mean not not that anyone's buying the whole pens and battery shtick um but that's what he got he was so desperate that he was like trying to think of something and he went to pins and batteries like that's why 
But how funny was it when like Howie Mandel was like, okay, I think I know what's going on. And then he went on this like five minute rant and it was just like silence. And even Tom was like, well, that's being a little, that's being a little generous. <laughs> or I don't know even was like, you know what? Let's just shave the mustache off. You know what? Let's do it. Let's, let's get to the real stuff. We're going to shave this. But it's a perfect example of two men. And you see this with Schwartz and Sandoval, how they beef each other up in their own uh, disturbed way of thinking. They like root each other on of like, dude, I see it. He's a good man. He's a good man that made a mistake. Come on. Yeah. I don't know the show at all, but by the, by what he's saying, I, it's like two men propping each other up instead but, of actually what would do service to Tom is like asking some questions of like, why did you feel this way? You know, you realize that's a person and that can completely hurt. Exactly. And like, you know, you were talking about how you don't want Jax to come back on the show because you don't want him, you know, he really does bring out the worst in everyone. But when the three the worst in himself, too. Well, the worst in himself, the worst in the, the guys, when those three idiots were all like on the show together, like you saw that so much of their friendship was based around them enabling each other's behavior and then holding on to those secrets yes, and being like, their when, secrets. when Tom it. was like, yes. I shouldn't have to ask you to lie for me. Okay. Like that. How did it we should not... just be assumed. It should just be assumed you'll lie for me. We, I shouldn't have what? to ask. I know. How did but, we but, not? But that's like... what we see, though. We see, and somebody said they felt bad for Schwartz because he's having to lie for Tom. And I'm like, don't feel bad, you guys, because Sandoval has lied plenty for Schwartz over the years. You know, like, believe me, that has been done tenfold the other way around. They both scratch each other's dicks. It's not even like don't feel bad for Schwartz. Like, Oh, he's had like, he's lied plenty for Schwartz. They lied, you know, and that's, it's so funny that it's just always easier to be angry at a woman. It seems like than to actually hold men accountable, myself included, myself yeah. included folks. And by the way, you said something really fascinating earlier where you were like the people that you hate and the people that you like really says something a lot about you, maybe like a deeper meaning. And I've thought about that tons, you know, like I think I hero worship Tom because I wanted to be that person that was positive, that pumped everybody up, that like really leaned into my fascinations and never apologized for it. And that's so not me. But then also, I think that's why I'm also so disappointed because he turned out to be, listen, I'm, I've never done anything near that bad, but like he turned out to be just normal. He turned out to be less than me. He turned out to be somebody that I can't like. I mean, believe me, I know there's tons of stuff I need to see therapists about just saying all of this stuff. But even DJ James Kennedy this past week with Ali, Ali was like, well, I really I want to hold you to the therapy. He's like, I don't have any trauma. I'm good. And even Ali, all of us were like collectively rolling our eyes. This moment really didn't get talked about a lot because we love DJ James Kennedy right now. But we all know that if he continues on this show, it's going to be his alcoholism will come back to rear its ugly head. He does have past trauma. We all know it. We've all seen it on the show between his mom and his dad, his raising, him taking care of his family, him taking care of everyone, the hurt of Raquel, all of this stuff. And for him to keep saying like, no, I don't have anything to talk about, really. No, I love Imagine Festival. I'm very successful. Yeah, I'm playing for Cascade. How could I have childhood trauma? <laughs> yeah, do you think somebody opening for Cascade is going to have emotional trauma? No, poo-poo hate. <laughs> Never going to happen. No, I don't. Like when she was like, she was like, okay, on Monday, you're going to go to therapy. I made your appointment. I was like, no, Allie, I've done that before. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Also, I love that he makes it, they made it seem like therapy is so easy to get into, you know, like that the therapy's like, yeah, just call, uh, you know, just go out and find a, you know, like you can do that with online therapy, but with like in-person therapy, it's not something you can just pop in. You know, like you have to go through a whole intake process. And I was like, yay, so I'm going to dabble on Monday. 
Well, and if someone if someone is like kind of making you go, or if you're going but you're not really ready to dig in, you could you could throw thousands of dollars at therapy and not get anywhere. Like if you are really not willing to, you could just be talking and talking and kind of glossing over everything. And and actually, I, I did that when I first um went to therapy when I was younger. Like I kind of thought that a lot of issues weren't actually issues. I was like, why do you guys want to keep talking about this? Like it's fine. And it actually took a while for me to like be like, oh wait, these are. Actually, this is actually why I should be here. This is what I need. We'll be back to the show in just one second. Now is my favorite part of the show when we get to talk about our sponsors. And this week, So Bad It's Good is sponsored by our friends over at BetterHelp. Now, we couldn't pick a better week to be sponsored by BetterHelp because how many times in this last week and in this week am I going to talk about therapy and the wonders that it can do for you and the wonders that I think it could do for this cast of Vanderpump Rules? I mean, this is a necessity at this point. Like, we're watching them act out on screen week after week, and I just feel it's like, man, get on the horn with better help. I mean, make the call. Let's start the healing journey. I mean, listen, okay, how much time do you think you guys spend on yourself in a given week versus how much time you spend on other people? And the real question is, how do you balance the two? Right now, I have been in a rut because I spend a lot of time on this show and I neglect, a lot of the times I'll neglect myself and I'll neglect especially other people. And that's bad. And you can feel it internally, right? There's only so much that I can give if I don't have balance. And whenever I feel that way, I know I know that that internal clock is telling me something is wrong, that I potentially need help with that. Because it's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and to never take that moment to think about what you need from yourself. And that is a very personal question and it changes from person to person. But remember, that is the most important, what you need from yourself. If you're not good, how can you be good for anybody else? You know, how can you be genuine? How can you show up if you are not showing up for yourself? These are big, big questions. These are big, big thoughts. And these are thoughts that sometimes you need to speak out loud. They can't be done in the cozy, dark spaces of your brain. They need to be verbally spoken. But anyways, we, we spend all of our time giving. It can leave us feeling stretched thin and burned out. And that's where therapy really comes into play. Because therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life. So you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. Because believe me, I've been told this many times, you know, I can do this until I'm blue in the face. But if I don't take care of myself, there's no nobility in that. You know, nobody wants to see a martyr. Nobody like you. And you're, you're not going to end up helping anybody in the long run. And I want to talk about therapy and just being very honest is that I'll pick up therapy and it will really work for me and something will happen and uh, just life gets crazy. And sometimes I'll have to put that aside. Um, it's like working out kind of, right? And when I'm at my best, 
I'm working out. When I'm at my best, I'm going hiking and I'm, I'm, I'm rejuvenated from that. But it's the same thing with our mental health. I've made that point so many times. It's like if we could only put in the time we put in into what we eat every morning, what we wear every day, what we do to work out for our bodies, if we could do that, just a fraction of that for our minds, how much further would we go? But I, when I say when I have done this before, I have directly benefited from it. In fact, it's one of those embarrassing things when I speak this out loud. I'm like, you doofus, why have you ever taken a break? Because you're tired? Because you're scared? Because you feel like you, you, can't, you can't do that? It's easier to lay there? Of course it is. That's the whole fallacy of life is that things that matter take work. Things that matter are hard sometimes. Things that matter can be uncomfortable and we have to sit in that uncomfortableness and get used to it and call it our friends. Um, I just think there's always been this huge, broad benefit when I'm able to talk these things out loud with somebody that can talk back, with somebody that can actually open my eyes to potential patterns in my life or to think about roads that I could potentially go down or how to cope with something. I know especially after my divorce, uh, therapy benefited me so much. It made me feel so less alone. It made me feel like I wasn't such a loser that I could potentially pick myself back up and start again. Because it teaches you empower to be the best version of yourself, right? And, it, and I don't mean you've had to experience some major trauma. Dealing with life, that is the major trauma sometimes. It is for all of us. We're all a part of this group. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Just give it a try. That's it. It's the easiest way to put this pair of gloves on. It's the easiest way to try therapy out. It's entirely online. DJ James Kennedy said this week, he's like, listen, I'm going to go to therapy on Monday. And I was like, dude, you maybe if it's BetterHelp, but you can't just pick up and go to a therapist like in person. No. And I was like, DJ James Kennedy needs better help. Because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out this brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash SoBad today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash SoBad. Um, and I'm telling you, this helps the show when you check it out, of course, but on this one, I think it really kind of helps you more than anything else. And and that's just worth trying. And and what's so great too, it really is just saying, just try it. If it if it, it's not for you, it's not for you. But also remember, you're able to switch therapists if one doesn't suit you. It is uh, uh, sometimes even with our, our, our health, our physical health, I deal with this with my mom, is that sometimes you got to get second opinions. Sometimes it's not giving you the answer you want. It's this ongoing process. And we have to remember we're going to be going through that our entire life. So why not give ourselves the best tools to face the rest of our lives? Okay, that's it. And now back for the remaining portion of our show. Yeah. And so one thing I'll say, there's been much said about one Rachel Levis, you know, and there's going to be a lot more that's said. and I. I try to like, I, I love psychoanalysis. I try to like drop into these characters and like try to feel what they're feeling. This is the first time actually on Bravo that I've been scared, like because I don't understand. I can't drop in to Raquel. Emily, and you don't, I don't think you don't, 
dude, I said, I don't drop in on people, but like, this is the, I said the same thing on Friday's episode. I say it every week. I'm like, I can understand everybody there. The only person that I can't get a beat on every time I think I understand something throws me. I can't see anything in her eyes. I can't say anything in her reactions the way, yeah. I mean, there's, I, and that scares me. I like, I, there's something different there. I know. And all your Bravo villains, you know, you've got your Jax Taylors, your Erica Jane. Like I get like those. I, I get what's going on. And even if I agree or not, but okay. So one thing that I've been thinking about, so I, I went to this wedding in Mexico recently and there, the priest who is marrying the couple, uh, he actually specializes in exorcisms. He's a Catholic priest and that's like his <laughs> thing. And I was like, I was fascinated. I was like, I, you were, you couldn't really ask him about it. They were like, he's just going to change the subject. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not going to lead with that as much as I would love to know everything. <laughs> but, but apparently he had this, he has a whole team. Like, and you, if you want an exorcism, like you can't just get one. Like they, they evaluate, they rule out other things. It might be a medical thing, might be something else. All I'm saying is, I don't really understand how that whole thing works, but I wouldn't mind having him in the same room as Raquel and just getting a temperature. What's the price point on this guy? Can we go fund me this? Can we, can we start a, like an, a potential exorcism? And I like that you were like, I like that you were like, Hey, you know, you got to really like, he, you know, he doesn't just do it willy nilly. He's not in it for the exorcism money. He's got to really kind of see the ins and outs before he agrees to do it. But yeah, I mean, there is, I, so I, he's, well, he's, he's like the, so he's, apparently this is like i mean this he's the premier like exorcism guy of latin america he like flies around to different parts of latin america and like and and, and i know this because all of his like relatives who i was like comfortable enough once i had enough drinks i was like tell me everything you know um and you know it's one of it's it's something that it's very like it's supposed to be mysterious and you know you're supposed to be pretty deep in catholicism and be a believer before you can even be put you know in front of him so and and obviously most of what I know is like most of what I know about this is from movies. I don't know what actually uh, resembles like reality, but I was like, man, I am not ruling anything out at this point because I <laughs> don't get what's going on. <laughs> like, well, that's what I was going to say. That's why I'm so fascinated. And I don't even think we're still going to get the answers then is for this reunion. And by the way, even after the reunion, what sucks is that so much has happened since what, when they filmed the reunion, you know, she's supposedly in a mental health facility. And like, I just still feel like I, I have no answers. I'm curious what she's going to say at the reunion, but I have a feeling we're still not going to have a lot of answers. And I just want to try to understand it from her side. I mean, by the way, even her side is she understands it's still going to be wrong because she did something that was very, very evil. But I want to understand the thought process, what was going on in her head when she was having that conversation with ariana this week talking about having sex with your partner and your bodies it, yeah that that chilled me and like that is something where it's like you know speaking of the mental health aspect it, it's something i'm trying to do less of is write off people's behavior based on mental health because i'm like at this point it's 2023 i'm gonna assume people have mental health struggles unless otherwise specified so True. guess who so does ariana so does everyone else have mental it's health the struggles. people that have admitted it to themselves and the people that haven't but we all have them yeah, or or the people who ha then take it outward, like mine gets turned on myself. I'm like my biggest, you know, I can be my biggest enemy sometimes at my worst. And for Raquel, like she's turned it completely outwards and it's like destruction, like on every level, like even talking to Terry Maloney, like you don't talk to someone's parents like that. I and don't care if it's Terry. I don't care if it's anybody. That's what I keep like the fact that like, what do these cameras do to these people that you find it okay to be like, oh my God, what Terry? 
what Terry? I'm like, that's the most confident that Raquel has said anything this season. Like she didn't have her like, ah, she's like, what Terry? And it's like, where do you, where in what, like they said it in that scene, where were you raised? And it allowed me thinking like, literally, where were you? Who are the people that raised you? We saw her dad pick her up at the end of last season's reunion because she had split up with DJ James Kennedy. And part of me was like, good, maybe she'll stop doing reality shows and actually heal herself from the relationship with DJ James Kennedy. And it's just gotten worse. Yeah, I know. Like, I- I've never been violent myself with anyone, but like, if someone did- said something like that to a parent, my parent in front of oh, me, like, I, I, I would see red. Like, I would be scared of what would come out. Like, I'm like, at that point, Katie, if you pushed one of them into the propane tanks, like, I, w- I would not but have held that. She was. You. Al- I said that. I mean, I, I didn't want to, but like, I was almost. I was like, was she kind of trying to get hit? Like, honestly, if you keep. Like she had to be told a million times to go away by the propane tanks. And wasn't when she touched it, her knee, Schwartz, that's like. That's so intimate. It's like she like, was trying to like get in there and it, it reminded me of housewife behavior, but not even nearly as confident. It was so weird. Yeah. It, it, no, it's very bizarre. It's very, very bizarre. We'll see. Um, wait. So, you know, real quick about the Tom Sandoval thing in terms of mental health too, is that he was talking about on the Howie Mandel, you know, of like, yeah, dude, you know, I went to a therapist and, you know, we were doing couples counseling, but you know, it was already a faulty couples counseling because he already knew he wanted to break up with her. So he was just doing that to try to, you know, lay the path for this break, you know, even though Ariana even called him out on it, he was like, no, dude, I want to like work on us. Um, so with that being said, what therapist you know, in their right mind would say, keep doing the show, go out on tour. Um, you know, Raquel's off in intensive therapy, but you're good. You're fine. And also we see, you know, Tom, people on the show have like pointed out that he said the exact same things during the Doty relationship, during the Ariana relationship. Somebody had like on Reddit, uh, it was on somebody's post and I reposted it. They said, um, Back in the day, he said, oh, dude, I just think Kristen Doty is so annoyed with me sometimes. Like, he just doesn't even like me. She's just annoyed by my presence. And he said the same thing about Ariana. Like, will Tom ever actually get to the real root of his issues? You know, because it seems like he's not dealing with whatever is that common theme that keeps popping up in relationships. Even the ones that he considers good, it still comes down to I'm not getting hero worshipped enough from these women. Yeah, dude, dude. My very presence annoys yeah. you, dude. Dude, I make lattes for it, dude. I fucking dude, the paper towels, dude. Dumpling, yeah. dumpling lattes, dude. Dumpling ne- lattes. Never take a coffee from Tom. He's gonna hold it against you down the line. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of like you were. Uh, you know, I I don't I try to like actually not listen to many podcasts on this topic because like I just yeah I don't want to get it mixed up with my opinions and everything. Um and but I, I was listening to Danny Pellegrino and he was like you know I worked on a cocktail book with the two of them. And I can think of many times where she was supportive. And for him to say, I can count on one hand, the amount of times in nine years that she supported me. Lies. It's like, well, well, actually in one, probably one episode, I can count on more than one hand, like the, you know, the times where she's lifted him up, including this season. So there's that. I, I He's either lying or he just really doesn't see it. He's either yeah. lying or he just like truly can't. It's never enough. It's never yeah, enough. I, I do believe that people can change and at the same time i'm very very skeptical and think that there's certain people that can't really change in this lifetime maybe i don't know like i'm like maybe better luck next lifetime like if that's what you believe in because tom sandoval to like turn around and double down and 
that Howie Mandel interviewed, the amount of times he said, I'm not blaming Ariana, but like, you know, uh, or, <laughs> but or even, she wouldn't touch my dick. I mean, uh, yeah, come yeah, on. Yeah. yeah, but like, but even though I was never around and like, I probably smelled like Raquel coming out, you know, like whatever. <laughs> it's like, I, I think Schwartz never shared his lemon rinds with me and I always smelled like Raquel, so I couldn't touch her. Yeah. Yeah, not enough lemon rinds to go around at, at Schwartz and Sandy's because they weren't well stocked enough, probably something, whatever. <laughs> but like, but yeah, the to see him like doubling down, you know, someone like him, uh, regardless of whatever they think about themselves, they need to disappear for a year at least. Um, right, like just I mean, for but, their own personal health and like but, wellness. But he instead he's like rock climbing, being like everything's going great, man. Dude. Shooting arrows, like he's preparing for the uh, he's like doomsday prepping. Like he like I'm like put down the arrow, Tom. Oh, with friendship bracelets. Yeah. No, he's. <laughs> By the way, guys, it is Sunday. This is usually Tom's day to make his friendship bracelets to Kyle Chan's. But yeah, I don't think yeah, he can because yeah. he's out on the road. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's he's booked and busy on tour playing to full stadiums. I think that was the last post I saw of him. I'm like, <laughs> was, I'm like, what are you, the Trump most now? I've ever seen at any like It was like another sold out show tonight. And, you know, it reminded me like Trump. Trumping like the exactly. biggest inauguration ever, like most highest turnout. I was like, dude, but, dude. But in, Emily, today's day and age with pop culture, all you need to do is say it. There's going to be thirty percent that will always believe it. Like that's what it's like. Kind of this weird strategy that people use in marketing now of like just say it. Like the majority of us are going to know it's bullshit, but there's going to be that thirty percent of like, wow, he's like Elton John out there. That's amazing. He's selling yeah. out stadiums. Yeah. Well, like, okay. So I'm, I'm never going to diagnose anyone. I, you know, I'm going to make observations on patterns. I see whatever, but I remember I read this book about psychopaths a while ago and (laughs) (laughs) but they were like, they were, was it twilight? Yeah. Or it, it was like, yeah. I think it was like Jim, I'm going to actually, I'm going to, it's called the psychopath test. I forget the name of the author, but, but it was like, he basically, he was like studying them and talking to psychiatrists and, and everything. And his whole thing was like, okay, it's 1% of the population just about who have, I think it's called like um, uh, something personality. I'm just butchering this whole thing. Basically, his point was, if you are a psychopath, if something bad happens, like a tragedy, most people are going to look and go, oh my God, like I car crash. Oh my God. Yeah. A psychopath is going to be studying other people and looking at their reactions and like kind of trying to like replicate it and that feels like so, Raquel a little bit from what we see she's always like little, staring and like a little being bit told how to feel a bit and like it just there's something about everything that we've seen Raquel and Tom do in the wake of this that just it feels very like performative or like this is what I think I should say now and and I think everyone would like to see me like doing friendship bracelets or like making a post about mental health from Raquel like and it's like okay but it none of it feels genuine and everyone's seeing through it it's so on the nose that it's like, even that's not even well done. Like Jack's like used to be able to pull that shit off pretty well. Like you'd be like, I'm an idiot. I'm a work in progress. And you'd kind of like each season at the reunion, you'd be like, you know what? Well, he is a work in progress. You know what? Well, like I think, and all the friends kept talking. I would always be like, why are they still friends with Jack's? But like, he was able to get in there and be able to be like, no, nah, he's, he's down on his luck. He's good. Although Jack, since he's been off the show, is kind of like a leave it to beaver vibe like that. I don't the whole he's like da- he's dad vibes. He's, he's yeah. dad jokes, dad vibes. But it's just there's something all I care about. I'm just mowing the lawn. I'm like, okay, I don't. <laughs> yeah. mm. uh, he's Eddie uh, Haskell vibes. Um, yeah. Well, actually, you're talking about uh, missing things. Like I don't like I said, I don't listen to podcasts really. Uh, but I, I was on Sarah Galley's podcast on Friday, I think. And she pointed out something that I, this is where it's like, oh shit, I completely missed this. Was that scene with Terry Maloney and Katie and Raquel. 
is that, you know, Schwartz is there hiding behind plants, which is such a wussy move, like no backbone, blah, blah, blah. We've seen it time and time again. Yeah, like Luann, but like standing up, you know, like laughing in the bushes. But he's like standing up with his hands in his mouth and lemon rinds in his arms. And the thing that's different is he there, like right before that, he said, oh, I just wish I was with family right now. I just want to, and I was, and I watched it and goes, you know what I do, you know, like we all just want to be kids again and go back to our families. And I kind of, Sarah pointed this out. I think that I was like, wait, his family's right there. Terry Maloney. That's just like, that's part of his family. Go be with your family, Tom, go stick up for your family. You're not with Katie anymore, but you're still her family. You're still, you want to work on this friendship. Your family is there. Like you instead chose to go hide behind a bush and stand up for Tom, a liar. And Tom was chewing Terry Maloney's ass out. Even in things that we didn't get to see that got cut out. He didn't go stand up for his family, Terry Maloney, when Sandoval was like, dude, why are you butting in dude to like Terry Maloney? Like, that was the weakest, and I, I'm he's standing up I for Raquel. He's he, laughing in Katie's face with Raquel having a little ye- giggle, yelling at his mother-in-law. His, you know, yeah. uh, it was dark. I know. No, it. I know that's the thing. Like I'm so engaged, but I'm also so darked out by all of this, and it's like. But Emily, oof. I get we all make those not to this extent and on camera, but I mean, we all may have these choices in life, and you know, you're lucky if you hit eight out of ten a day in the right way. Like we all sometimes really handle things poorly like I, I you know and sometimes i'm not even aware in the moment that i'm handling something poorly but it is interesting when you see these really big examples and there's not self-awareness on it at all in fact they're celebrated they get a paycheck they get all of the you know they're the, it's the most attention they've ever gotten since the you know mid like since season three or season four when it was at its height you know they're back on top um Really quick before we switch to Taylor Swift, though, I do want to give you because the, the stuff I hate journal, which, you know, I know this is going to sound you can buy this. But what I what I was thinking about is that like this should this should be volume one because this is right for more volumes. In fact, what I want to pitch to you right now is the stuff I hate journal Vanderpump Rules edition as the stuff I hate about Jackson. Like what what don't I want to emulate about these men? What don't I what I like you could do an entire second volume just Vanderpump rules. And I would, I mean, I would, I would give that out to everybody. Would you ever br- consider doing a second volume of this? That'd or be like amazing. Different like, kinds a, of like a Bravo, a Bravo version yeah, or like a Van- And then you could be- do like a Taylor Swift version. You could do a, you know, you could do these versions of like for real true fans. Cause you said you have a couple Easter eggs in here already for fans. And it's like this great one already for just people to like, but for specific fan groups, the stuff I hate journal, I think there's so much play in that. That would be so amazing to actually get your own feelings about these characters and situations down on paper and to make bigger thing you know bigger points about our own lives i love that so much like because you know when I, when i was first talking to the publishers about this they're like we want 160 prompts and i was like oh i think that i don't know how i'm actually going to come up with 160 prompts but it, they, then it just i just started you know getting into hateful bitter, bitter <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah by the way it was done within an hour yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 i tapped into my inner cynic uh which is not so hard to do and like it just kind of wrote it did kind of write itself in a way like it it just I, I don't know if you feel this way about like when you're doing memes, but like not to be all like so deep about it, but it does feel a bit channeled sometimes where it just kind of it like oh, drops. Oh, uh, by the way, that's no, you Emily, Emily, it, this is going to sound so douchebaggery, but like 
the best memes will come just right in that moment. You don't even know why it happened. You don't even know what your brain thought it. You don't even like, sometimes you can tell where I'm like, okay, this to this, but sometimes the best ones just come, you know, like, and uh, it sounds so geek, you know, it's like, cause you hear like McCartney talking about writing a Beatles song and that's one thing writing yesterday, but like when you're doing a meme, but it is those things that you're proud of. You're like, wow, I don't even know how my brain came up with that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, no, I, I like, I literally, I feel assumed. I don't really talk about this to people. Cause yeah, I don't want to sound like a total goofball, but like, yeah, I have, a, I have, I, I'll be like falling asleep and I'll have a full TikTok, like a full three minute thing with all the photos I want to use the whole script written out, all these different jokes yeah. that just like comes to me and I need to write it down. Like, as silly as it may sound, that is a big form of artistic expression for me. That's been a really nice release to have. Like it's been a really nice outlet. And it is interesting, the artistic process, if you want to call it that, which I'm not, not going to call it that, but it is in the moment too. And if you don't do it sometimes in that moment, you'll then think about it the next day and it doesn't hit you in nearly the same way it did in that moment. And it's always a lesson for me of to, Make sure you act on it immediately sometimes. Don't let it yes. just because you'll either forget or it won't nearly have what it had for you in that initial moment of like clarity. It's like yes. really weird. Like, I mean, it is. No, there's, it's, it's, there's sometimes, sometimes you actually, because, because you are really good with um, Instagram format. I'm trying to get more into it. It's, yeah. Insta- like for some reason, I can do that, but I can't do the TikTok format. Like, I, I'm, yeah. I, I have, I have the opposite kind of, um, but. Uh, I'll see some of you. I'm like, this was a channel. This just like, <laughs> this wasn't inspired me. But I, speaking of, we were going to talk about Taylor Swift and yes, Matt that's Healy. what I was so, kind of like. Yeah, yeah. So actually, I I made this post about it, and I was kind of shaking. I was like, normally my page is about like jokes and escapism, but this is like a really like affecting me. Like it's really kind of like ruining my day, and it, and I'm just going to put it out there, even if I get a mountain of hate. Like I just feel the need to write a stream of consciousness criticizing Taylor Swift and just hit post and it actually got a really strong positive reaction that I, I was not expecting and you were criticizing Taylor Swift's a set list for the Eras tour correct I was saying that she was not putting enough effort in <laughs> the, the show was cut <laughs> she short. wasn't hitting as many evermore songs we needed more um, three hours well, it could be what why is it well, not like a grateful dead like five hour you know jam <laughs> wait wait wait. when's taylor swift's jam period gonna start come on yeah yeah by the way she is so young that i could legitimately see her having a jam band in her 50s like just like feeling the music and i'm like oh my god that was an epic 30 minute version of like anti-hero wow well i've always joked that i don't think i I will like joke but not i don't think taylor swift could do psychedelics she likes to be in control but i would love to see that could you imagine? I mean, by the way, Taylor Swift is the only person that could do psychedelics and then still come at him and go, it turns out I am God. Like, oh my God. Like I, I was talking to the higher power and it was me. And that was just, and it, everything, it confirmed everything I felt about myself. Um, yeah. No, you were, we were talking about, and we talked about this on the show briefly in terms of a relationship or the burgeoning relationship of, you know, of course she split with Joe Alwyn, uh, her new relationship with Maddie Healy, the lead singer of the 1975. And I made a meme this week I said, uh, DJ James Kennedy is the reality show version of Matty Healy. And what I meant by that, a lot of people like me, like, he's not a Nazi. He's not this, da, da, da. And listen, I have not studied Matty Healy and everything that he said. I've seen some of the things he said on stage as a bit. I've seen some. But what I was saying is that also 
to remind people, DJ James Kennedy has said some gnarly things, you know, fat phobic, of course, but he said some gnarly things, but also he's very charming and very funny. And Maddie Healy can be very charming and very funny, but I wanted to talk to you because you have some actual facts about Maddie Healy. Are yeah. you in support of this relationship on its face? Uh, no, I'm not. And like, just, you know, to speak of the whole, like James Kennedy's like, I got what you're saying. Cause I've seen his shows. They look so fun, but he literally called Raquel's mom fat when they were dating. Like he will not, there was no balance. He on won't him. mince words. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, we're speaking of not talking to someone's parents in a certain way. Like there was just, yeah, no bounds for him. And, and so Matt Healy, like he, so Lee Singer of 1975, um, at this point, it's been confirmed in that they've been seen out in public, him and Taylor Swift holding, holding hands. hands yeah. um, they've been seen driving together. Taylor Swift does not is not seen unless she wants to be seen. And we know that from, I mean, just her whole vibe, but like the reputation <laughs> era, which she wasn't seen for a year, like this, everything she does is purposeful. Anyone who's like studied her for even a minute knows and Do you that. love that about her? Of course, because yeah. it's like, uh, well, just from a marketing standpoint, it's like in order to understand her current piece of work, you need to consume the next piece. It's like a brilliant puzzle. Like, uh, and I just, I like observing that. And like, I, I have posted so much content celebrating her, also critiquing. Um, that's just, I mean, I, I, and every time I do, That's like, the great I'll thing get about being an artist is that people can critique like it is once it's out there in the public, it is ours to a degree. And that's why yeah. I want to say about even reality shows when people are like, you don't like my favorite character, F you. It's OK, you guys, like we can all disagree on these things. We can consume it and then talk about it and have bigger conversations. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, if uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be a famous person, but if I was, I would hope the same thing that people would not put me on a pedestal. But I whenever i do like oh, you know the swifties are like very crazy they'll be like you're not a real swiftie because i am a fan i have tickets to her tour later this summer like i'm gonna be um i just need one to la folks i say it every episode i just need one to la i can't I'm, afford I'm actually $1, going, $1, I'm actually going to la i'm going to i'm going with lauren uh at the zen, oh, zen, blonde, zen blonde yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah lauren, I'm like, where are you lauren i know you you should have invited me to that thing come on you should have dm'd her at the right time <laughs> no i i don't know i wait you never know. Like, actually, I did have um, a listener email me at some point. Now it's kind of been snatched up, but um, you never know. I'm sure there's. You never know. You never know. Yeah. You Keep never putting know. it out there. Never, never stop. Never stopping or whatever. Um, okay, but, but so, um, so yeah, I, I've, I mean, I've done. I have many deep dive episodes. I've done on like I have a whole Kaler series. I have a Swift Run series of like her past alleged relationships and and celebrating her music, whatever. I am just like in this moment, I'm so disappointed in her and I'm also disappointed in myself because her being seen with Matt and them making such public displays of whatever relationship this is right now, I'm like, this is actually in line with some of her past behavior. So I'll, I'll explain that a bit more. Like Taylor, a big, big part of her image um, since the lover era has been like activism and feminism and also fighting for gay rights. Like it was the whole theme of the Miss Americana documentary. She literally said, like, what makes me me is gay pride. Um, and, like, where did, where did that go at the Nashville show? Well, I mean, I well, also like I, I believe way, in a lot of causes. You guys, I, I love Taylor Swift. Believe me, I'm very. No, but, but it is interesting to talk about. Me too. You, I mean, I, yeah, I also have like a multi-part like uh, analysis of Midnight's and how brilliant it, like 
whatever. I think we're all mature people. When those people come for me and they're like, you're not a real Swifty. I'm like, I am a grown up. I don't need to be part of any fandom. I just enjoy music and like, it's okay. Um, but, uh, you know, she put, you know, her music video, you need to calm down full of drag queens and gay icons. Um, the third song of eras is you need to calm down. The whole stadium is lit up in rainbow colors. And like, so it's supposed to be like this celebration. But then we see in Florida and Nashville, you know, we've we've all like you don't have to be super tapped into the news to see that there's drag bands, um, you know, in Florida, like extreme, like anti-trans, like bathroom bills. Um, and a lot of stars have spoken out against it, which I'm really happy to see. Lizzo, Ariana Grande, LeBron James, um, Beyonce, actually, I saw photos gender of gender neutral bathrooms. Yeah, yeah, Beyonce, like, and so she played both those places and said nothing. Okay. Uh, and then now seen with Matt, and I'm gonna go through some of the things he said. It's a big content warning because because not... that was the thing I wanted. I wanted to understand why people have like you know I, I'm not aware of everything that this man has said, and but I did, just from the impression, like I've listened to their albums, and some I think are derivative of certain other artists, but they're fun and they're poppy. Um, and I'm not saying that in a mean way. I actually enjoy their music. But I, I have noticed he's now at every show and we always see these TikToks of him watching the show and he seems really into it. And I, I think he seems really into the show and Taylor, but he also, I think, seems really into being there around all of this. I think he really wants to be seen. And that's just a vibe I get from studying pop culture. Um, I'm not sure if I'm even correct or not. It's just a vibe I get. So tell us some of the things that he said. Well, yeah, it's wild that like he's been at all the shows and like, I mean, I think Joe showed up to like one show with his little sour face, you know, and we had poor, like three blurry, Joe, we had like three blurry photos of them throughout <laughs> their seven years, like their six ah, years. So by the like, way, they never took an official photo in their seven years of relationships. No, no. So that was six. Yeah, whatever. So, you know, and so the fact that now she's being seen out and about, it's a very bizarre, but Okay. I'm just going to go through a couple things that are actually just from the past couple years. Cause if anyone wants to say, Oh, he was younger. Like this is truly within this year in the past, like two or three years that, of things he's done, or maybe I'll say from now he? to past five years. Uh, I don't know. Old enough to know better. But anyway, how old is Taylor Swift? Taylor Swift is 33, I believe. Oh, perfect. We're the same age. Um, uh Matty Healy age. Oh, he's 30, he's 34 years old. Okay, yeah. So he's 34. So just within this year, like and all these things that I'm gonna say, he, he's chalked up to either he's either disregarded or he said it's a joke. Um it was a but, bit, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit. All right. Well, just this year, um, and uh like I don't know if anyone is like up to date on this and doesn't want to hear, you can skip ahead, but he he has he did the Nazi salute on stage. Um, he went on Adam Freeland's podcast and he made a slew of like racist and fat phobic jokes, um, about they ice pulled that episode. Okay. Adam Freeland, you guys, he used to be part of come town, the podcast, which was like the male, uh, mm -hmm. hand in hand with red scare sometimes. But, uh, if you're not aware, he has the Adam Friedland show now. And I think they pulled that episode, but he said a lot of troubling things, making fun of, you know, uh, ice spice Asians, uh, a yeah. lot of really wild things. Yeah, and and later in the month after he did the Nazi salute, he also posted on his Instagram this Wikipedia page called the A List of Jews, and it's just a list of Jewish people, which is like very reminiscent of like the Nazis posting or, or collecting lists of of Jewish people. Like that, the same month that he did this like quote unquote joke Nazi salute, 
this was while Kanye, like the joke was, haha, I'm supporting Kanye, cool Kanye. There was a real genuine rise in anti-Semitic violence during this time. So where where's the punchline here? Like the punchline is like- Well, the- with the Nazi salute, Emily, that, that was in a show and, and, and just so like, and it was actually fully meant to be a Nazi salute and it wasn't somebody just, he was like dancing with his arms up. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to push back. I'm trying to like understand no, no. like he was- he was purposely trying so this, to do a Nazi salute. This was back in January. And it's because he had this lyric that was like, cool, Kanye. And that was before Kanye like did his whole thing. This was just part of the song. And so when this was when uh, Kanye was going off the rails, getting dropped by everyone, he said, cool, Kanye, and did the Nazi salute. And you can pull up, you know, anyone can pull up a photo of this. It's not, it's not like a slightly bent arm. It's like a very clear, you know, and he said it was a joke. Um, well, then also paired with the fact of just no context, no statement, just posting list of Jews um, on his Instagram. Um, and so just a couple more things just from the past few years. So when George Floyd, um, during Flor- George Floyd's death, his response to that was posting um, like ever promoting his song from two years before. He was like, he was like, this is so sad. Like, I think we can all like get into this song, like which really captures like the spirit of whatever. Um he has made um, several anti-Muslim jokes um, and equated being a Muslim to being in ISIS and to being an extremist. Um, he said the R slur many times. He said the F slur many times. Um, and he actually, there's a clip where he's um, making these sexist comments towards women interviewing him where he said, this is a direct quote, those are some heavy questions for girls dressed like you. And these women are dressed in business casual, like they're dressed in how you would dress just to go to work. You know, there's nothing like, and it it doesn't matter what they're fucking wearing because, you know, but to say girls, heavy questions for girls dressed like you, um, just quickly, a few more, he, he followed Kyle Rittenhouse um, on Instagram and followed followed Kyle Rittenhouse, Kyle Rittenhouse and Andrew Tate. Um, and when, oh God. when questioned, now he's when, just cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew Tate, that's just cheesy. Cal Rittenhouse is one thing, but Andrew Tate is so cheesy. That's oh, embarrassing. It's, it's so embarrassing. And like when questioned <laughs> for it, like he said, either I'm not sorry many times. He's also talked about like how, okay. The other, the other crazy thing. So there was one quote where he up on stage, he's like, I'm kind of sorry if I offended you guys. And then he went on this rant about cancel culture. And it's like, what a what a what a show to be talking about cancel culture and being silenced while you're up on stage playing for a crowd of adoring fans. Like, come on, come on. Like, but also, the, I know, mean, I find it very interesting too, is music is not that complicated. Like it's very simple pop, lovey dovey kind of like I love, you know, it's it's not, I mean, it's good, but it's not you know, deep. It's not, you're not dealing with radio ahead here, you know? No, no. And like, if you just kept a stupid mouth shut and made these jokes like in private, we wouldn't know. Like you don't have to, no one is asking, demanding every artist to speak on every topic or if, if they are, they don't, no one is required to. Cause that's the other thing. So when I talk about these types of things with Taylor Swift, people will argue back, well, she's not, she's not obligated to um, be this political activist. Well, she certainly profited off of it with, Miss Americana with Lover with she, yeah. Even- so at times she has been that. I remember yeah. that scene in Miss Americana where she's pushing up against her dad, saying yeah. like, "Listen, yeah. no, I believe this. I'm sorry. This is what I'm doing." And I mean, I guess we can only theorize of why she's not uh, actually, especially when you do a show in Nashville with what Nashville is going through right now with the drag. But like, 
you know, why are you being quiet at this moment? Has it gotten too big for her and too big of an audience? But it's not, well, I mean, she's bold enough to light up the whole stage in rainbow uh, for every show. And she's still doing that, right? Yeah, she's still doing that. She's still saying you need to calm down um, for a very profitable show. And if you look at situations where she has been bold enough to really speak out, um, she has she is very, very quick to react when people make a joke that's about her. So I don't know if you remember, like, this was a couple years ago, the show um, Ginny and Georgia. So they yes, made a joke. They, the Netflix show, right? Yeah. Yeah. They made a joke. You go through men faster than Taylor Swift. Okay. That was the joke. So this is, I have pulled up her, her tweet from that time. Hey, Ginny and Georgia. <laughs> 2010 called and it wants its lazy, deeply sexist joke back. How about we stop degrading hardworking women by defining this horseshit as funny? Also, at Netflix, after Miss Americana, this outfit doesn't look cute on you. Happy Women's History Month. I guess, heartbreak emoji. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I gotta tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% your European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So, and like, you know, and like, I've just, there's been like a lot of times like that where people have said like, oh, you don't write, she's joking about her not writing her own lyrics and she'll come out and be really critical and she's allowed to defend herself and she's allowed to also uh, speak or not speak on political issues, but it just, it's very convenient when she does speak up and it seems to be when it's things that are directly affecting her. Um, And it's just, and, and I'm saying this as someone who I'm holding on to my era's ticket um and i am you know like i'm upset right now i i contain many truths and i i'm not gonna stop forever listening to her music but it's disappointing and the last point i'll bring up is like just in her favor in this way i'll also say like the things that men get canceled for quote-unquote canceled for or criticized for are not the same thing that women get criticized for so that's also just like another piece of this big puzzle what would it take um for taylor to get you upset enough to give me your eras ticket 
<laughs> no, 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 no. Actually, what I want to say is that Matty Healy does like, by the way, he's somebody that is able to, like you said, say all of these things. He is not canceled. But I guess then we could theorize, though, when you put these two forces together, because Matty, I, I think feel like a lot of people have dismissed like, oh, he's just crazy. He's just trying to get people's go, blah, 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 even though it's really damaging things and opinions that he's saying. But when it comes to Taylor, who in a lot of senses, even, you know, before what you said, is, you know, considered this ray of positivity in a lot of times like a lot of young women and men look towards somebody like taylor swift to show how to behave and like open up your mind to all of these different things so what then with and 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 it seems like she takes it seems like not only she profits it but it seems like she truly loves being in that driver's seat you know of her career what would then possess and by the way isn't jack antonoff a jewish man because didn't he wasn't that the the true thing that he put them together I mean, yeah, but like, I don't know. It's like, I okay, I think about, I don't know what's all going on because it's not like Jack Antonoff is like, des- he's not on the street. Like it, it's, you know, I'm sure his bills are paid and he's doing very well for himself. But at the same time, like you think about it in a workplace setting, like these things, I- I'm Jewish and, and because I don't quote unquote look Jewish, which is what people have told me my whole life. Like I've, people have made anti-Semitic jokes like in front of me, not realizing like, I'm Jewish and like when this happens like in a workplace setting or it's it's happened before in a professional setting and I've just like frozen and not been proud of basically not knowing what to do in that moment because I'm like well I am at the bottom rung of the ladder right now and I don't want to like stick my neck out but I do want to say something but like how I'm also like I am trying to keep my job so Jack Antonoff is a friend of Taylor Swift and a collaborator. Um, and I don't know. I don't I don't know. Also a collaborator to so many women. So my thing is, what piece of information do we not know? Like, what would possess then somebody like Taylor? Is it just like, and by the way, she's dated a slew of men, which is amazing. There's um, nothing. I mean, like, by the way, there's nothing wrong. Date, date as many people as you want. She always seems like, you know, she, uh, you know, she, that's not the issue here at all. But I would wonder with the responsibilities that she has, I mean, the heart wants what the heart wants, but when you are actually actively pushing against an agenda that you've actually, you know, kind of cultivated these amazing positive messages for everyone, even though she's not doing certain things on this tour that we would hope she would do. What is that cost risk conversation? And I, I mean, that's the thing I'm just curiously I'm, I'm wondering because it seems like he's really pushing for this relationship. He really wants this relationship. It feels like he's there every night now. I know. I don't get it. And I'm like tree pain. What are you thinking? What, where are you right now? Are you like, are you supporting? Like, what is going on? And I think like, yeah, like the whole dating a lot of people, that's so funny because like, I think most people have like their college year phase or like their people date around when you're younger. But like the fact that she did her like phase was with a bunch of A-listers. I'd be like, hell yeah. Like, <laughs> look at the losers you were dating when you were 19. Like I was, <laughs> you know, uh, um, but I don't know what, what any of them are thinking. And I'm just like, I'm but just, you know, she's thinking something. That's what I want. Like, you know, she's thinking something. So how do you, we all tell ourselves these things to be able to like face certain situations in our lives. So what is she telling herself that makes it okay to actually be with somebody that has said all of these things? So is it as simple as, well, he told me he's joking about it all and he likes to get the goat and it's like performance art. And is that a good enough excuse for Taylor? 
Well, this is like, I mean, there's like the really classic like um, criticism of white, white lady feminism is that it's really like about rallying behind a cause that only affects you, uh, um, yourself, like as a white lady, you know, spoken as white lady myself, like um, saying like, oh, I believe in equality is not enough because actually not all like who, who, equal to who? A white man or like a black man? Like, who are you talking about that you want to be equal to? Because that's actually not the same if you're putting race and religion into all of that. And so that is it like it being sort of self-serving is it at its worst version. And so I don't know, like that seems to be from her actions what she is supporting. It's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. I mean, but by the way, every relationship that Taylor is in, like, you know, it seems very interesting how it plays out. But this is a very interesting person at a very interesting time. And eventually she is, you know, and the other person I want to bring up in this, because I mentioned this last week in terms of somebody that I've always looked up to, even though I'm way older than her, is Phoebe Bridgers. Phoebe Bridgers loves Maddie Healy. And Phoebe Bridgers has been very outspoken. If you like looking at like just into men like Eric Clapton, if you look at some of the things Eric Clapton, the... uh uh, guitarist and you know a lot of people consider him a genius what he has said said some wild things about uh, other races over the years and really took a stance against Eric Clapton took a stance against all of these things but I'm like well listen Phoebe this is very interesting you didn't know Eric Clapton you know Maddie and he's saying similar things that Eric Clapton used to say in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s where is that the heat that you gave to Eric on Maddie? Like, and I look up to Phoebe and she's a really interesting position because she is, seems to be the voice of uh, a lot of younger females right now with that and her other band boy genius. I'm curious even how she thinks about it. I know. And like, I, and I'm saying this, like, I, I think of fame as like the bigger of a star you are, like the more your like positive and negative qualities get amplified. I, I think on like either in the public or just, I think it just, enhances everything so as an a-lister like we're scrutinizing all these different things that we wouldn't be scrutinizing for like some indie obscure band that we don't know too much about but we just love their albums and like i made this point kind of at the end of my little rant it's sort of messy but the reason like as much as i'm coming in so hard against her like i think about like the idiot loser parade of people that I did <laughs> like yes, exactly well I mean you said it a couple times during this too of like even in terms of is that like you know there are times in our lives where you said I, I didn't speak up because I was at the lower end of the totem pole like who knows even these people you think they're all celebrities they're still a totem pole they're still a well I don't know if I want to speak up I'm still just trying to you know like these people are still people and they have the same thoughts and feelings we do just their bills are able to be paid a little easier than ours yeah yeah and like you know and and i said it in a professional setting it's also happened i remember like actually this was a long time ago but um meeting an ex-boyfriend's like family for the first time and the dad like made a joke about like oh cheap cheap as like jews and and i was just like <gasps> like you know and i and i just i froze like and i'm not proud of that but like i i've had many other times in my life of speaking up like i'm saying this because i know it's not flattering to myself but this is just the reality that we're imperfect and so is Taylor Swift. So is Phoebe Bridgers. I'm disappointed, but I'm also like, well, yeah, I, I truly don't know the full story. I don't know how they're justifying it to themselves. But I also like I think about what we hold men up for. Like what what really cancels a man? Literally, it's like essay. Like, you know, it's like truly like 
physically harming someone and for taylor swift it's like yeah it is really shitty that this is who she's like publicly dating i don't know like it's it's, 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 it's interesting to talk about but it is one of those things that we don't have those answers we don't have all of the information taylor though being taylor i'm sure at some point we'll have to talk about this because she is taylor and i'm very interested for that time period but in terms of pop culture i mean this is just another fascinating era but we don't want to kind of make light of it in that sense because you don't want to normalize these things you don't want to you want to be able to like pretty quickly go that's really not right we've like come a long way since world war ii we've come a long way in our uh in our fight for equality and and it's not even nearly where we should be but we've come a long way so you don't want to start normalizing these things in this very innocent way because you're just like ah it's just music but it's so much more than that. Like, listen, I dedicate my entire life now to pop culture. So do you. So these things actually matter. And they they hold a really, I mean, even bring it back to Vanderpump Rules. We were talking about what we learn, what the behaviors we learn, how we prop up men, how women are, you know, you know, usually they have to take the brunt of their men's actions. And these mm-hmm. things kind of just go across the board. And that's why you've got to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, you know, uh, a lot of the moments I talked about where I froze up, like that was like in my early 20s, that was when I was a lot younger, my voice was like much smaller, in every sense. And now that's not how I live now. I mean, but now it's it's interesting, because I, you know, anytime I, I even just make uh, content, this is this is more on TikTok than anything. But if I'll make a content like about the holidays, like, because, you know, my holidays, Jewish holidays, I'll always get at least one or a few anti-Semitic comments. And so that's something that I'm more keenly aware of because that's my experience. I am certainly like of all the marginalized groups that Matt, Matt Healy has like said horrible things about, like, I don't know how hard I, I can't imagine like their experience and, and what that must be like, but it's like, he is, he is a man who it is just a joke to him and he's not going to be at the receiving end of like this rise in attacks. And well, violence. I mean, yeah. And just, and I, I know you guys know this, but the reason though, why we do uh, get so angry, I think immediately and why you want to squash it out immediately, especially with anti-Semitism, because there's direct proof of what happened last time when we didn't, you know, you say, Oh, that's crazy. Nothing's going to happen. There is a direct piece of history that is exactly what happens when you don't squash these things out. So we also have a tendency as humans to never learn. Like we were talking about Vanderpump Rules. We have 10 seasons of behavior and we still follow, these men still fall into the same mistakes. We've got to remind ourselves every day of why this is not well, because we can get back to that spot. We really can. People say, but like, think of the last five years, how many places we were at that we never thought we would be at. So you really do have got to, and it's not like a freedom of speech thing. Like, but it's like a real quick, like, don't hate thing. It's not, it's really easy to separate for me. Okay. Well, I'm, I, I appreciate you bringing that up because I don't want to take it there necessarily because oh, I'm taking my, it there. I'm not, no, but, I'm, I'm taking it and the audience knows they're, you know, they, but that's, they that's where my mind goes. Okay. Because like I, that's how I was raised. And, um, because of that, I've been in a lot of therapy <laughs> because it was, that was kind of compounded in my mind from a very young age of this happened to my family. That's why we live in Montreal, Canada is because um, my great grandmother, like the my family, like again, content worrying. my family was, uh, my ancestors were killed, not in the camps, but before that in the waves of violence, like it's called the pogroms that were just people in the streets. It was just vandalism and um, killing people, like just mobs basically. And I was always taught like, 
my great grandmother, my grandmother didn't think that this was going to happen to them. They were a very comfortable middle class, upper middle class family and had to flee and started over with nothing in Canada. And so that is like the history that I was it was like instilled in me from a very young age. And any little sign of anything like, you know, my family would get like react so strongly. I get why. Like there's a lot of uh things that you need to hold hold on to also some things that like <laughs> maybe we need to not be so um vigilant and like <laughs> it's led to a lot lot of anxiety and stomach problems for all of us but neither here nor there like it's just it's never far from my mind because that was how I was raised and so like I see things like that and I'm like it's not a joke Maddie Healy like it's a joke yeah it's like that's why it's like not even funny in a performance art kind of way it's not fun you know and that's why and I've told the audience this before it's like that's why I don't I don't use Kanye mashups anymore I don't use like and by the way you know you saw the most recent Kanye photo paparazzi photo in LA you know it's like Kanye looks like he's doing well guys yeah he was just joking around like no you know he's a you know there's a disturbed element there that if we you know you can come down on me all you want but like try to consider what where he's actually going through what he's actually dealing with and uh you know just to bring it back to mental health as well but like yeah i'm not going to stand for that what's the purpose of even having a voice if you're not actually going to say like the only reason i can be as silly as i am is if everything's going to be okay you know like i like if if the world falls apart we can't really joke anymore it's not going to be the same we can't then just focus on reality television when there is you know it, it can get it can get bad real quick yeah, and, and like I mentioned before in our Vanderpump Rules conversation that I, I've stopped recently trying to use mental health as an excuse so much for like writing off people's behavior. It was Kanye that um, his whole like the last time we really heard from him, that's when I was like, okay, enough. Like I give people the benefit of the doubt weight in way too many situations because of mental health. All right, well, then what we're that doesn't give all of us a pass ever if everyone with mental health issues acted on every little thought and every little like you know turning their frustrations out towards the world it, like uh, the world would blow up like so most of us are trying to keep our shit together at least in how we treat each other on a basic level so if you can't do that like i don't care like i don't care what you're struggling with you know you have to be somewhat decent to live in a society yeah, that's not a freedom of speech issue for me. Um, and I'm sorry if it is for you guys, but it's not for me. And I, I, I say that uh, lightly because I know a lot of you guys are exactly on the same page. But uh, well, that's, some, that's some cuckoo American stuff to me. Honestly, I don't talk about this too much because <laughs> most of my American like most of my uh, listeners and people who watch are, are American. Um, and and so I'm very like I'm kind of like an observer in American culture. But like in Canada, like there's no we don't have freedom of speech. We have like very strong laws against hate speech. And like, it's very, I don't know. I think if it's more of a European kind of system where like it, there's never been a premise of you can say whatever you want to say. And that's Canadian. It's like, no, if you say like hateful things that is like, (laughs) there's, there's a certain thing that like, man, like, which I hope we can get back just like just some basic manners too. Like we were talking about with Raquel and Terry Maloney, Raquel, like saying these, like, Oh God, like just have some basic manners, you know, like, would you actually go and just say something like, I hate this religion or I hate this. Like, why would you ever, when you can actually then take that space to talk about all the things that you love, 
You know, like hate your Vanderpump rules characters. Talk about these characters, really throw your passion into that. But if you're going to hate somebody's sexuality, somebody's race, somebody's ethnicity, you are wasting your life. You are not fighting for something noble. You are not fighting for, and you're not going to end up being successful in the long run. And your time has passed. I mean, that's not a threat either, but it's just like, let people move on. I I don't know. And it's like, I say that with a lot of love uh, for everybody involved. And I know it's scary for some people to, to, to not understand where people sometimes come from, but you got to make the effort to try to understand, uh, you know, if you believe that we're all created from one per, you know, you, you got to try to understand everybody, even yeah. the people that I dislike. I'm trying to, under, I'm trying to understand what Maddie Healy was saying. I was trying to, I mean, I was the guy that watched all three nights of Kanye and Tucker Carlson, just so I could try to see what, and I was able to make a real quick assessment of what was actually going on. And it was very easy for me at that point to turn off and say, Cool, man. I I wish you well. I hope you really are. You you seem wealthy enough to be able to get the best people on your case. And I and it doesn't seem like he's doing that. But I, I really wish the best for him. And I've had so many amazing moments with Kanye West in my pop culture history. And I'm sad to see that go. But I'm so happy that I had those moments. And um, it's real. It's a real easy decision for me. You know. Yeah, my I mean, yeah, my Yeezy slides were my comfiest sandals. And, you know, I have a history with his music, as we all do. It was really that that's really unfortunate. Um, And and also, like, you know, with my comments on free speech is like there's a lot of really, really interesting debates to be had about, um, you know, slippery slopes and like gray areas and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, like it's 2023 uh, up on a stage, you should not be allowed to incite violence against a certain race. You shouldn't be allowed to do a, a Hitler salute. Like I don't that's a uh, pretty not a gray area for me. Yes. And I mean, listen, <laughs> like, you know, you know, Tom Sandoval has the freedom to go up on the stage and dance like a, a kook, you know, like he's like out there with his shirt off. But he has the freedom to do that. And 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 by the way, that's 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 it that's right there but even tom sandoval i think knows not to do some of the things that maddie and kanye are doing by god yeah i say that now imagine next week tom sandoval starts inciting violence at his shows he's like yeah. i'll tell you something about women dude Whores yeah. that don't get batteries and pins and they're disgusting yeah yeah tom, tom sandoval has every right to make us to play Stacy's mom which is not funny <laughs> and hasn't been funny for 20 years but like he has a right I will give him that you know what that is in that is I fully support his right and to we have the himself. right to make fun of that and yeah. that's a fun yeah. conversation to have um also a fun book journal to have one more time is the stuff I hate journal you guys which I really am so excited I really think you should keep doing these volume one volume two volume three but this one is out here right now and I'm telling you this is the perfect gift I'm going to link to it in the stories and I'll link it once again on my Instagram when this comes out but this is like an easy no-brainer purchase the person that you buy it for even if it's yourself you're going to love it um and it's not even supporting somebody I think you actually you get exchange, you know, in exchange for your money, you get a really cool good. You know, you get a good piece of merchandise here that you'll actually love. Start conversations. Um, I really truly think this is going to be a great gift for birthdays, holidays, anything. Uh, but Emily Rose, what's coming up next for you? Also, the podcast, it's become a whole thing. Go check that out as well. But what else are you what else are you doing and up to? Um, uh, sleeping. I'm very tired. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, um, you know, just <laughs> just promoting promoting the book, which you've done a like amazing job. Thank you so much. And so basically on my podcast, just every week, if you haven't heard of it, um, we do the best and the worst of unscripted um, shows, but that includes, you know, when I say unscripted, I mean like 
um, we'll do vintage Jersey Shore, but we've also done like 19 Kids and Counting, which is a very bleak oh episode of going into like the Duggars history. We the did Brooke we did Brooke Shields documentary, Pretty Baby. Like we do a mix of very silly, funny, and very like serious uh kind of like zeitgeisty documentaries um so yeah you know there's a docu-series coming out about the duggars by the same people who did the lulu row documentary oh my god the lulu row documentary was so good lulu rich i think it was called or, yeah and i yeah. love those people i i had those people on that did it and they they taught you know doing the dugger one and i think that'll be i hope it's not 19 parts but it's it should be fascinating whatever it is so you guys you guys do all those so you cover the gamut in terms of reality shows of yeah. yesteryear and even yeah. into today yeah like your teen moms um you know we're gonna do like say yes to the dress it's really it's a mixed it's a mixed bag of like uh, nostalgia and just some interesting documentaries uh, all unscripted um so yeah yeah and by the way you know a lot of people that watch like we don't just watch bravo we watch all of it so you say those shows i'm like yeah i've seen all of those shows you know so that is the podcast to check out all of that information like i said will be in my show notes and emily rose thank you so much for taking this much time with us today i almost kept you for two hours so thank you thank you so much thank you so much ryan Betches.